Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. All right, is this it? Is this the start talking music? Well, good morning, Chicagoland. Hello. My name is Ray Stevens, Ramblin' Ray, Ramundo Sanchez. Maybe you've heard of me before. I've been here a couple times, two, three times, mostly with uh, Amy J. So uh, Amy and Dan both with uh, some holiday time off. So I'll be taking it from here, 312-642-5600, the call-in line this morning. If you'd like to text, you can do so. We'll be here, 64636. You text DA, and then the body of your text goes in. I read it here. It's like magic. If I uh, if I sound a little nasally, I, uh, I I texted and emailed the powers that be and said, hey, uh, you're, you're, you're foster fill-in. Your forever fill-in guy is a little, you know, you get a little radio work every now and then, and then the crud hits you, and here's, here's what happened. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was about, it was about a week ago, um, my girl and I, my best girl, Gina, we went out and we did the wreaths across America uh, wreath-laying ceremony out at Abraham Lincoln National in Elwood. Man, if you've never been there, put it on your list of things to do for, for next Christmas. I made a... <clears throat> I made a little bit of a, a pact to myself, if you will, to uh, to do stuff that would get me more in the holiday spirit. One of those things was, and, and this was my girl's deal, is that we would go see Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith at the uh, Rosemont Theater. And, and uh, you know, she's a good Christian girl, Ileana Christian girl. You know, she knows this uh, this Michael W. Smith inside and out. I didn't. Um, but I knew Amy Grant because, my goodness, she's married to Vince Gill. Pure Prairie League, of course, a great uh, solo career. And then, um, you know, his stuff with the Eagles. So we go and we see that. And then we go to the wreath-laying ceremony. I'm around all these people. <clears throat> and uh, we get near the end of uh, last week, and she decides she wants to go to Nashville and see the holiday lights, the Christmas lights, if you will, at the... Uh, Opry Mills, which is, uh, it's, it's, if you've never been to Nashville and gone to the, the, uh, Opryland, it is absolutely insane. It is like Six Flags, any Six Flags you've ever been to or Walt Disney World for hillbillies, which I consider myself a, a hillbilly. I was in the country music business for a long, long time. So we go there and I told her, I said, I do recall whenever I would come to Nashville, for any radio seminar or whatever, you come hang out with a bunch of goofy people. I do remember that three or four days after being here in these terrariums, that I will, in fact, be sick. So uh, Christmas rolls around, and uh, and here I am. I've got the crud, and my mom would say, well, you're always sick around Christmas time. I'm like, no, that's not true. But, man, I got it. I got it good. And she's been shoveling things into me. I don't know. Uh, you know, for those of you old enough to remember Elvis and Dr. Nick, this she is my Dr. Nick. She she went out on Christmas Eve 
and and brought me back more vitamins and stuff and and elixirs and and all this natural stuff that she does and and it's like she's she's doing seances and things over me. I'm taking charcoal. I'm like, what the hell am I taking charcoal for? I guess what that does is it takes and it binds all the nasty stuff in your body and it puts it together and it flushes it out. So uh, if, if, you've, if you've got the crud that's going around, and I guess a lot of people here do, uh, you'll be okay. I, I'm not one of these guys that uh, buys into the, uh, I didn't get a booster for my booster for my booster. I didn't listen to the, to the Anthony Fauci. Say, Ray, listen now, you're going to die because you haven't had the shot for your shot for your shot. I pretty much run on a pretty healthy level, so I don't worry about that uh, that stuff too much. But, uh, man, oh, man, um, she's got this stuff. She's putting it on my feet. She's putting it on my chest. I'm like, just give me a little Vicks and some tea. I'll be fine. That doesn't work. You got to do this. And if you saw what she looked like and what I look like, you'd probably say, you know what, you might want to listen to her. So if you're going through it this time of year, I, I guess it's going around. Uh, we're not dying. We're going to be fine. If you were one of the ones uh, that are traveling for the holiday season or have people coming in and out of your area or you're trying to get to and fro, good luck to you. More than 14,000 flights have been canceled across the United States. Of course, this is all because of winter storm Elliot or whatever the hell we call it because we've got to name storms now. But um, the... Uh, the flights that have been canceled are just unbelievable. I get that it's cold. I know people are having problems. I know I get it. It, it was We were rolling along here, really nothing to it. And all of a sudden, this cold snap hit and boom. But uh, the flights that have been canceled southwest alone are unbelievable. More than 400 flights canceled at O'Hare and Midway. That was on Christmas Eve yesterday. More of the same. What people are doing to find their luggage is they're taking these, uh, these, you know, whether it's an iTag or uh, I used to call them, uh, what the heck were they called that I had? But you put these tags in there. It's, yeah, I, I truly believe it's how my ex-wife used to find out what I was doing. You take a little computer chip or a chip and you put it on your keys so you can find it. You put it on your luggage so you can find it. There was a woman at Midway yesterday. They said her... her uh, Luggage was in San Antonio. She's like, no, it's here in the airport. I've got a tag on it. I know where it is. Get my luggage. If you're going to travel, you may want to do that. But uh, if you're trying to get out or get anywhere today, good luck to you. I wanted to have uh, Alderman Ray Lopez from the uh, Fighting 15th on with us today to talk about his experience, not running for mayor, not running, uh, uh, you know, Inglewood, but what in the hell is going on at Southwest Airlines? Because the cancellations are just absolutely unbelievable. Fueled by the massive winter storm. Of course, if you've seen what's going on in Buffalo, it's absolutely amazing. There's snow there. I've never seen snow like that. And I'm a snowmobiler. I love getting out in this stuff. But, man, uncle on the uh, weather. If you're having any problems with heating or pipes in your house, let me just tell you right now. If you've got the torch and you're, and you're going to try to unthaw your pipes, be careful. Stay away from the joints. They call Those are called sweat joints. And if you heat them up too much, you're going to unsweat them, you're going to loosen them, you're going to have big problems. Coming up this morning at 6.05, there is a uh, really classy plumbing outfit out of the uh, western suburbs. And I, I, I know this sounds nuts, but I like these guys because their vehicles are always clean. I mean, you can have two tons of road salt on your road alone. It could be the dead of winter and their trucks are still clean. How they do it, I don't know, but it's Mendel Plumbing. Mike from Mendel Plumbing is going to join us at 6.05, 6.010, top of the hour, 
and uh, we'll, we'll let you know what to do to thaw your pipes out properly. But more than that, what you can do to keep them from freezing again because it is just, it's a mess. And uh, we're going to talk uh, rolling blackouts as we get through the morning today. Uh, Jeannie Ives, uh, you all know Jeannie. She's a returning uh, guest to this radio station. We're going to talk about rolling blackouts and what they mean and what's going on with our infrastructure. And here we all want to go buy electric cars and be woke and drive around in these fancy electric cars. <laughs> but they're telling us now to, to tamper down the, uh, the thermostats because we're using too much power. One little cold snap. I mean, and if you think about it, you've been around Illinois and Chicago enough. Sure, it got cold, but it's certainly been colder than this and for longer periods of time. I don't quite think we're ready for all these electric flying cars. So we'll talk to uh, Jeannie Ives about that coming up this morning right around uh, 6.35-ish here on the Dan and Amy Show. You want to text, go ahead and do so. You can text us at uh, 64636. You got something to say? We'll help you say it. Just text DA. And then go from there. And if you'd like to call in, 312-642-5600. Again, my name is Ray Stevens. You've heard me up and down the radio dial. I will be here today, tomorrow, and Thursday, filling in for the kids here on AM560, The Answer. It's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630, or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, SignatureBank.Bank, member FDIC, Equal housing lender. Signature Bank. Good morning. Welcome in. Welcome in. AM560, The Answer. Rambler Ray and for Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson. I think Dan is somewhere warm. I think Amy's probably somewhere out in the Wasatch Range out in Utah. And I dig it. So I'll be your foster fill-in for the next couple days. And then I, uh, I, don't, I don't run from this cold weather. I go to it. I'll be up in northern Wisconsin on the uh, snowmobile where I will uh, try to stay away from reading, but I'm in, I'm having a hard time not reading the almost 4,200-page omnibus bill uh, that's uh, been worked up and uh, passed. And, man, what's going on with uh, Senator Mitch McConnell? Come on now. But one of my favorite things, and I love how they build all this pork into these bills, and I am going to make uh, I'm gonna make travel plans, maybe not on Southwest, although it's usually my favorite airline, just some problems this time of year. I'm going to head on down to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and, Hike that $3.6 million Michelle Obama trail that's uh, four miles. That's a lot of money for a four-mile trail, isn't it? Um, we are going to take some phone calls here this morning, 312-642-5600. I believe Craig is on the line in Mount Greenwood. Uh, Craig, you say you were at that uh, Amy Grant show in Rosemont? I was, and hey, cool, Ray, thanks for taking my call. How you uh, got, bud? Yep, I'm in, I'm in the guy when you and Amy are uh, filling in for... Uh, uh, when I'm here, when, I'm here when, when Dan's not here. When Dan's not yeah. there and everything, I'm the guy that gets on. And, uh, I appreciate you always taking my call. So, but, but uh, yeah, I was at that. That was a good show. 
it was a good show, but here it goes to show you something. My wife, my wife wanted to go to that, and my daughter and her husband uh, treated, and uh, we both went. It was really good, but here's the thing. It's, I'm, like, more into, like, some really, uh, like, higher uh, uh, velocity music kind of thing. Uh-huh. So my wife, man, was having a great time, and I actually was dozing off. <laughs> it's insane. You, you know, you know there, was, uh, there was a lot of people with their hands in the air and everything else. I, I didn't quite get there, but it was, a, uh, it was an uplifting show, man. I appreciate your call. Thanks, buddy. Yep. All right, Tony is uh, on the line. Tony is in Downers Grove. Uh, I think, Tony, uh, you bring up a good point. I see what it says here on the call screener, is that the Southwest just doesn't have the infrastructure in the way of people working to get the uh, job done right now. Welcome into the morning answer, pal. Hey, um, yep. We had every flight was canceled yesterday from Austin uh, to to Chicago. We rebooked, but then we rebooked. Then we got a different flight on American also, just in case. And sure enough, six o'clock last night or seven o'clock last night, our eight o'clock flight this morning was booked. You look, every flight is. I'm looking at all the flights are all mm-hmm. canceled, coming from Austin, and, and it's not. Yeah, it's just Southwest. I mean, we we don't have Americans still going. Yeah, people were saying and, that they uh, they were jumping on connecting flights in and off of uh, other planes without uh, much issue at all. So, well, Sam, yep. are you back? Lines, are, you, are, are you back home now? Or are you are you done traveling for the holidays? No, we're supposed to leave this morning. But oh. the, the line for Southwest yesterday, there were people standing in line for like five hours trying to get different flights. It's a nice line though. So, and, you know, you'd think that uh, since they uh, since they got over to mid or to you know, to uh, to uh, the, the big airport O'Hare O'Scare that uh, things would be uh, get better for them. Not necessarily they, but yeah, that's what happens. You get rid of people, and there's nobody due to the work. God bless you if you've got to fly today. Um, I, I I don't envy you at uh, at all. You've made the switch, and it feels so good. You switch to Chicago's morning answer. On AM 560. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Answer. If you're looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to buy electric cars because, well, it's better for the earth, all you heathens driving your carbon-burning vehicles. By the way, my uh, F-250 is in in the garage just fits in here too you know i come to these radio stations and i'm like you guys gotta understand i'm bringing my truck will my truck fit in the garage it's always a concern for me and it just fits i thought maybe i'd have to let a little uh, air out of the uh, the 30 
the 35s this morning, but I didn't. Those are the uh, the tires, if you don't know. I know most of you do, don't get me wrong, but, man, she just barely fits in the garage. And uh, I see that uh, starting next Saturday here in town, um, we will have the Chicago Recycles um, Christmas tree program. It's very important that uh, you recycle your Christmas tree because if you don't, uh, you know, it could fill up landfills. Who, who takes, who comes up with this stuff? Who actually takes their Christmas tree to a landfill? I mean, even if you have curbside pickup, you know, I used to hate that. You get ready for Christmas, go through all the excitement. You want to celebrate the birth of the baby Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the next day, Dad's got the tree out on the curb, stuck in a snowbank, and just like that, it's over. We don't want to send them to the landfills, but don't most garbage companies, at least in the suburbs in Chicago proper, don't we mulch them, turn them into mulch so uh, you can, you know, put them in the, uh, you know, put them around your, uh, you go get the free mulch because you're too cheap to pay for the stuff at the local, uh, at the local landscape place. But they say that you, you need to, to, re- to recycle your tree because it's, it's, it's better. It's better for us as the planet, and I get it. Um, turn into mulch, mulching trees is more earth-friendly than sending them to the landfills. What I do, and I don't mean that you should do this either, and you can always tell me how you want to recycle your tree, 312-642-5600. That's the Dan and Amy phone line, direct into the studio here on AM560, The Answer. I take my tree every year, and, and just because I want to keep it fresh and updated, and I don't want to do the same ornaments and the same lights as next year, I just burn the whole thing. The whole thing right there. Go. Done. Lights. It smells for a little while. The neighbors find it a little unruly. And it's an artificial tree. It really will burn well. You got to, you gotta, you know, maybe put a little diesel on it, maybe a little kerosene to, to get her going at first. But once she goes, boy, boy, oh, boy, she goes. I mean, I get it. I know we want to be good stewards to the earth. I think everybody does. Um, you do your part. But I think some of these uh, green environmentalist lunatics have uh, have taken it maybe a little a little too far. You know, now you have a full website, you know, that, that probably costs the city of Chicago a lot of money, and what doesn't, to, to have somebody come up with ideas on how you can recycle your Christmas tree. I think we all pretty much get it. But, but I'm talking about uh, some of the things that went on over the weekend uh, with this cold weather and this cold weather snap we had, and I talked about this just a touch earlier, is that we, this is a fast snap. We, six days ago, it was above freezing. It's going to be 52 degrees and rain by Thursday, Friday. You'll be washing your car in your driveway, getting the salt and all the crud out of your garage by Thursday. But uh, if you were in Nashville, you had rolling blackouts. And, and what's interesting, the observation I made when I was down there, and I was down there just, uh, just before the holiday with my girl, and uh, you forget that, it, yeah, it's, it's, we, we drove, and, and you forget, okay, it's, an, it's a seven, eight-hour drive, depending on how fast you want to go to the south, you forget what a difference there is between here and there. When they get into this cold weather situation that we had, and it did get cold down there, they actually put up yard signs that look similar to campaign signs that say frost warning, freeze warning, um, keep your faucets running, because it's, 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 I mean, it's, there's a big difference. It's only eight hours away. And they were freaking out because they just don't, they're not ready for the cold like we are. Now, you go eight hours to the north here, and it's totally different up in, up in northern Wisconsin, UP of Michigan. I mean, they know how to handle this. And, again, I'm going to talk with a plumber coming up at 6.05 just to kind of give you a tip on what you can do because I know there's a lot of people that are dealing with frozen pipes, even in the nicest of the nicest houses. 
But uh, go back to the rolling blackouts, infrastructure, things like that. In Nashville, they were gonna they they were gonna delay the Titans game, the NFL game. And I try to watch other NFL teams because the Bears are just so bad. My God, how much worse can it get? I know it's a rebuilding year, but geez, give me a break. One of the officials from the uh, Nashville Power Company was talking about how they they wanted to have the Titans post, post, postpone the game, maybe even cancel it, just to be a good neighbor to the people around them that didn't have any power. This is Jack Baxter. We actually had uh, an official from the NFL reach out to NES and contact us and, and inform us that they did not uh, want any special treatment as far as today's game. They do have uh, some backup generation on site, and they were prepared to use that backup generation to uh, do the things they needed to do to carry on with the game should we need to interrupt their power. Now, the crazy thing about that is, so so Nashville doesn't have any power. They're doing rolling blackouts, and some people are out of power for, for an hour or two hours, and when you don't have the insulation and you don't have two-by-six uh, you know, framed out uh, uh, um, walls with all the, the correct insulation because they're not used to that kind of cold. You, you need your power on. The crazy thing is, for some reason, all night long, and they do this a lot there, the uh, the Titan Stadium, I guess it's LG Field, whatever the hell they call it, that lights on all night long. In the middle of the night. How much power was that taken up? <laughs> Could you imagine you're down there, you, you know, you might be in one of the, uh, one, one of the lesser... Uh, uh, Tended to areas, if you will, in Nashville that you can see off in the distance there. There's an empty football stadium with all the lights on and all the power cooking. Now, what the hell is the sense behind that? I have no idea. Phone number this uh, morning and every morning here is uh, 312-642-5600. I believe Chuck is on the line this morning from Delvin, Wisconsin. Chuck, welcome to uh, AM560, The Answer. Good morning, pal. Hey, first-time caller, long-time listener. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you about uh, all these people should just get in the car and drive. Get on the other side of Atlanta, and then, then you got, when you wake up the next day, you got a five-hour trip. Hey, I wanted to say one more thing. Uh, in 1983, I'm old. In 1983, I saw my first polar vortex, and that was caused by my And that year, I saw three spotted owls. And then in 2007, I seen spotted owls. 2019, I seen spotted owls, and now three weeks ago, I seen spotted owls. See, that's the thing. And I'm here in uh, Delvin, Wisconsin. And so what happens is, is they know it's coming. And when I saw them each time, uh, three weeks later, it was cold. And if you think that because it's going to get 51 coming up on Thursday, it ain't over with. Them oh. birds flew all the way south for one reason. Well, I they saw, don't want to be in a frozen tundra. I saw two cardinals yesterday. Whenever I see two cardinals, that means the weather is going to go up into the 50s. Thanks for your oh, okay. th- th- thanks for your call, buddy. I appreciate it, man. No, you know, here you can tell the weather patterns by the way the animals act. I don't doubt that, but I doubt that the uh, spotted owls are going to tell me whether or not it's going to be below zero. But I get it. It's cold, man. It's cold. Uh, you can follow me on social media if you will. You know, we've all got it. We all do it. I know some of you. I know this audience. I understand. You're a lot like me, but I, I see. I need social media to keep in touch with you. So, and when I'm not on the radio, and sometimes I'm not, when I'm not on Tucker Carlson or on Fox, I've got to, I've got to be on these social platforms. I've got a, a podcast now that I'm doing with uh, Kathy Hart that used to work at, uh, at the mix with that horrible, horrible Eric Ferguson. Uh, you can find that on my YouTube channel. But, uh, you know, people will say, well, why are you on the, on the social media so much? I know, and, and, then, and then it's the devil TikTok. 
You know, nobody wants you to be on TikTok, especially when it comes to the U.S. government. Why are you on TikTok? It's the Chinese. They're spying on us. They're going to get all the information, and they're going to take over the world. Now, you got to ask yourself, is that is that really what's going on here? Or is it that the United States government can't control TikTok, and that's why they don't like it? And this is why I, I, I pose that question. Later on this morning, we'll talk to an expert about this, but uh, there is now news that the Biden administration, what a surprise here, pressured Twitter to censor medical experts who question the CDC COVID guidance on vaccine. So we're finding now, and, and, and you know, whatever your opinion of Elon Musk is, I, I personally think the guy is a, is a madman. I love that he bought Twitter, and I love what he's doing. Because I'm here to tell you that if, if you have conservative views and you are on Twitter, you will get slowed down. And if you don't know what that means, it's all an algorithm. And they have ways of knowing what you're tweeting. They have ways of knowing if you're using your platforms to sell. They have ways to know if what you're putting out into the universe doesn't match theirs, and they slow you down, or they quote-unquote shadow ban you. And I found out that I was shadow banned. It was really interesting because for the longest time I tried to get that little blue check mark because, you know, even a ne'er-do-well like me has people that will go out and they will say that they're you, misrepresent you, and it causes problems. That little blue check mark is supposed to tell people, hey, this guy's on the up and up. But anymore, with everything we've seen at Twitter, I don't even know if it matters. But the Biden administration, and, and if you look back to last year, he, uh, he said, he, he, you know, he claimed social, medias were killing, social media companies were actually killing people because of how they talked about the pandemic. Now, you and I both know that all these social medias platforms tend to be more liberal. There's just no doubt about that. And we know now that uh, both the Trump and the Biden administrations could use Twitter as they would see fit. I would say more so the Biden administration than Trump. All Trump wanted to do was get up on his platform and yell and scream and say, you guys are bad, it's fake news. And, you know, whether you like the guy or not, and I was all aboard the Trump train in 2016. And, and I just think if he would have just slowed his rhetoric down on social media and, 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 you know, put those thumbs at rest, that maybe it would have gone a little bit different for him. But he's the kind of guy that if you poke him, he's just going to poke you back. You push him, he's going to push you back harder. It's like that line in Casino or was it Goodfellas? You know, you, they, hit us, they hit us with a baseball bat, we put them in the grave. It's just, you know, it's just that give and take where he is not going to take it. But I, I digress and get back to social media here. Is, is that these big tech companies are being paid off by politicians. There's just no doubt about it. And more so on the left than anything. And, boy, they do hate it when they get caught. But the thing that amazes me is you've got all this proof right in front of you of what's been going on, who's paying who, who's doing what, who's saying, no, we're going to cover up the Hunter Biden story, don't talk about the laptop, nothing to see here, is that even the people that have been duped and fooled by Twitter, social media, Biden administration, the left. If you tell them that they've been duped, they just hate it, and they push farther, push you back farther, because because they hate to admit that they've been fooled. And I think that's why they do not like TikTok. And both administrations didn't like TikTok. They were all talking about TikTok, how it's bad. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I get on TikTok, and, and I just get... It is a time suck. There's just no doubt about it. 
And then a lot of you probably don't have a TikTok account. Most of you probably are on Facebook. I get it. But you know, if you say something bad on Facebook, boom, you're going to Facebook jail. But TikTok, I just watch for ridiculous videos. Instagram, you don't get the visceral hate and the divisiveness that you get on a platform like Twitter. Twitter is just politics and people's opinion in 240 characters. Instagram's friendlier. It's nicer. Facebook, it's mostly for wishing people happy birthday. Twitter is to fight with your left and right politics. TikTok is just a time suck. But they don't want you on TikTok because it's the dreaded communist Chinese. They're coming to take all your freedoms and... They're going to take all your information. You're going to wake up. Your bank account's going to be drained, and your girlfriend's going to be gone. But I got to tell you, for me personally, I watch TikTok just for videos. And and, and if I can give you a uh, a suggestion of somebody to follow, because I know that we've just been through a, a, a horrible cold snap here, and we're going to come through another one. You just heard the caller from Delavan talk about how he's seen the uh, spotted owls, which means it's going to get colder again. You see a spotted owl, you go buy yourself an electric blanket, capiche? Because that is the telltale sign right there. You'll have to excuse it. I've got the COVID. I'm kidding you. I don't. But I'm a little under the weather. But um, um, Yannick Garcia is a, uh, you want to follow her, Yannick Garcia. I am Yannick Garcia. Um, It is a, uh, a product of Telemundo. She is a weather personality, and she will give you the weather, um, and leave not a lot to, to the imagination. Uh, men and women, uh, if you want to pinpoint forecasts, um, follow Yannick Garcia, and I think you'll see what I'm talking about, especially uh, uh, for you men. Um, every time uh, my, my best girl Gina sees me on, on her Instagram or TikTok, she's like, are you looking at that girl again? And I just tell her, I go, baby, listen, I don't have spotted owls out here in the yard, so I don't know when the next cold snap's coming, but Janet will tell me and lead me to the promised land. It's Ray Stevens, the unfamiliar voice you're hearing this morning. Sometimes you hear me a little right around the dial uh, because that's the way I am. I'm always to the right. It's the Dan and Amy Show. If you'd like, you can call this morning, 312-642-5600, or you can text 64636, text DA. Then the body of the text, whatever you have to say, I'll make sure we get it out there. Coming up at 605, 6010 this morning, any problems with uh, heat, plumbing? I know a lot of people are dealing with this. I've got a little bit of a, you know, kind of a shell answer man and my friend Mike Mandel who will give us some details on what you can do to get by in the midterm. That's on the way this morning here. You are listening to AM560, The Answer. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. I'm just looking on the uh, list of things I had planned to do this week, and I see here I have uh, Paul Bryan scheduled to uh, call us on Wednesday to talk about this lunacy that is electric vehicles. But I believe uh, on Thursday, Paul was walking to a non-electric vehicle, slipped on the ice, and broke his shoulder. So he might be out of commission. Guys, make sure that I check on that before the uh, end of the week to make sure he's going to be here or not. But if you are driving an EV, and I have a good idea based on this audience alone that you're not, you have what you uh, call uh, electric anxiety. That means if they want to put you in one of these EVs because you are a good person, you're good to the earth, you're saving America, forget about where those batteries are going to go and we don't need them anymore. Forget about if you get in an accident and that car starts on fire and it takes a hazmat company to come put that car out. Forget about all of that. You have 
electric vehicle anxiety, especially when the weather's like this, because let's just take, for instance, you're driving a Ford Mustang Mach-E. Now, I will tell you, I've driven one of these vehicles, and it's like driving a slot car from when you were a kid. It's instant power, but your winter range drops 30% because of the cold. You know how your cell phone acts in weather like this? Imagine if you were stuck in Buffalo in a car like this, but I'm told the good news is, is if you're in a car like this and you get stuck, your seat heat and steering wheel heat will work for eight hours. Your car won't be able to go anywhere, but that seat will stay warm. So you got that going for you. It's called electric vehicle anxiety. So if you're in an EV this morning, good luck to you. But it'll be better by the end of the week because we'll be near 52 degrees. So you've got that going for you. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Oh, it's the holiday season. Dan and Amy with a a couple days off. A uh, text message to the uh, Dan and Amy text in line. Hey, Ray, the dog flu is going around. Your best lady's dog gets the flu. Who's she more concerned about? You were the dog? Are you kidding me? It's the dog. This woman, is she spectacular? If you log on to my website or follow me on any of my social medias, just look up Ramblin' Ray, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, RamblinRayStevens.com. Uh, this uh, this young lady that I share a life with, boy, she's something. But her dogs, oh, my goodness, they're both rescues. We got them in Paws, Chicago. We are a no-kill family, unless I'm deer hunting, of course. But uh, um, the way she fixes food for these dogs, it's unbelievable. The crock pot's always going. They eat pork. They She it takes her, I'm not kidding you, a half hour to mix up the, the dog's food because the dogs are allergic to everything. I'm like, Gina, these dogs, they, they lived on the streets of Chicago. They're both rescue dogs. One was a, a, a pit bull bait-fighting dog for, for, for pit fights in Chicago. Little ears are, all, ears are all nipped up now. These dogs have the life of Riley. There's no doubt that if it was me or the dog, she's taking the dogs, and I'm okay with that. They deserve the best life they can get. If you have not ever been to an animal shelter, you've got to get your next pet at one because I'm telling you, these dogs know that they've been saved by you, and they will treat you as such. For the rest of your life, what what good little animals? PawChicago.org is where I go. If you're in Bellwood, uh, you still have a boil order in place after their uh, many water main breaks yesterday. We've been doing a bang-up job with the uh, with the infrastructure repairs that we've got going on. You would think that with all this money we've got laying around from that guy that uh, has that triple, 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 triple extra-large Carhartt, with all that COVID money still coming in, that we would uh, do something with some of our in- infrastructure around here, but... You know, we'll see. We'll see where that money goes with the with the great J.B. Pritzker. But I digress. We've been dealing with a cold snap here. It's uh, still cold. It's 8 degrees right now as you're waking up with AM560, the answer. That means we've had a, a ton of issues with uh, frozen pipes, no heat calls, plumbing, you name it. So I thought, why wouldn't I have somebody on this morning that can kind of speak to what some of you may be going through or what you can do to kind of not have this happen next cold snap? With that in mind, I want to say good morning to a uh, friend that I have on the radio from time to time, Mike Mendel from Mendel Plumbing out in the Fox Valley area and serving most of Chicago. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ray. How are you doing today? Buddy, i got to ask you if you've uh, 
Have you had a chance? I know you're a good Christian man. Have you had a chance to enjoy the season at all, or or have you just been, uh, you know, you know, you 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 know, they they say asses and elbows with uh, with the work that you've been doing because I know that that you've been very busy, haven't you? Yes, we have. We've been. Uh, it there's been so many that we can't keep up, um, as all the companies are experiencing that. We've, we've just tried to, and over the holidays, try to put a balance where we serve our team and serve our client. Well, let me ask you this. Um, every year, you know, and, and inevitably somebody's going to put something in your mailbox. You're going to see something come across your computer. You're going to get a reminder for somebody that's done service for you saying, hey, here's our multi-point checkup. It's going to only cost you thirty nine ninety five, whatever the price may be, to come out, check, check, check. I know your I know your company does that kind of thing, and I know sometimes people see that and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I really don't know what they're looking at." Should people do that kind of thing just to kind of preventative maintenance? Yes, that's a, a large amount of our calls on the heating side, especially, could have been avoided with just simple maintenance. And uh, same with the plumbing. The um, We've had several where the hoses weren't taken off, so it froze and broke, things like that. If you just do the maintenance, it definitely reduces the cause. Well, what you just said is something that I forget to do every year because I, I'm, I'm a nut about keeping my cars clean, and I love to wash. If it's over 40 degrees, I'll hand wash my car. I don't care. But you got to make sure you take that uh, that hose, even if you have hot water to the outside and soft water and all the special stuff, if you don't take that hose bib off, that's a big problem, isn't it? Correct. What happens is it does not drain, and it shuts off in the house, but it doesn't drain the pipe. So when that happens, when it freezes, it expands, and it usually breaks it. This is Mike Mendel from Mendel Plumbing. Hey, Mike, um, I used to work with this, this lunatic of a woman. Uh, her name's Lisa Dent. She works, uh, you know, just up the dial a little bit here. And I know that every year her house would freeze. She'd have the same problems over and over again. She'd never wanted to, to do the maintenance or to put the unit heater in the garage that, that would have kept this from happening. What is the number one thing you see on return calls or the things that happen in our area that people don't do to keep pipes from freezing and having this these issues? Well, in most cases, that can all be solved with getting heat to the piping or rerouting the piping. And like you said, the garage furnaces, that's, we see a lot of that, you know, where there's uh, bathrooms over the garage or some of the piping that goes up the garage wall. And, you know, people forget, leave their garage door open, and it doesn't take much, especially in the temperatures that we just experienced. Okay, now you got a guy that, that you know, knows his way around the house. I, I think I can fix just about anything uh, in my home. Uh, you know, knock on wood, I've never had a real issue with frozen pipes. But you will get a guy that will take, a you know, his, his little propane torch, click it on there, and then start heating up his, his copper piping. There's some things you got to be concerned with there, and I know that, you know, sometimes we don't pay attention, but stay away from the joints. Is that is that because you'll unsweat? That's what they call when they couple the joints. You'll unsweat those fittings. Is there a better way to do it other than? So, I mean, that's that's problematic when somebody does that. I've seen that, and it's even caused a few house fires here in the last couple of days in Chicago. Yeah, that's uh, you really need to be experienced if you're going to do it that way. The we use pipe thawers. 
or if you can use a heat gun in some cases, but you, you really don't want to do that without experience. I get a call from uh, from my girl the other day, and she's like, I mean, and, and Mike, Mike, this is when it was 10 below zero. She's like, we've got some moisture on the windows. We need new windows. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, the windows are fine. It's freezing. Everything's good uh, for the most point. But where do you find where do you find the most heat loss in a in a building? And let's let's face it. There's people in Chicago that are living in buildings that are hundred years old. What's the number one thing you do to fix this up? Is it insulation? What what is the thing you can do right now to to kind of keep the house a little bit warmer and keep the pipes from freezing? Other than uh, you know, throwing a blanket under the door and keeping that uh, that water faucet trickling. Well, the like you said, the insulation is a big factor, especially in a home like you talked that's 100 years old. It's, often they didn't have insulation, or if they did, it was just newspaper in the exterior walls. So that's one. The windows, depending on the age, yeah, that's a big one too. So do you want me to give out the phone number, or are you too busy for that? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll take any. Yeah, we we'll do our best to serve. How I mean, how backed up are you right now? And and I know that you said earlier, and I know you talk to your uh, your uh, contemporaries in this business. They're all running like crazy too. But if somebody were to call you this morning for a service, just on, uh, could you get there today? Yeah, we're uh, as of last night, we were on priority one and two, which is emergencies only. Okay. And what is what is an emergency to you guys? Is that somebody without heat, or is that somebody with pipes that are just getting ready to go? No water, no heat, both would constitute an emergency. Mm. Well, yeah, uh, now over the weekend, we were we were at capacity over the weekend, and sometimes we were not able to serve that same day. We had to push people off the next day and sometimes even two days with the holidays. Preventative maintenance is the key, and be careful if you're going to thaw out those pipes. I mean, if, if somebody was going to try to do this themselves and they had access to their pipes, what would you consider? Is it a, is it a hair dryer? Is it heat tape? I know that you said you use thaw tape. Is there a difference? Well, when I say thaw, we have, we have machines that we hook up to the piping to thaw the piping. Right, right. Yeah, so if if they use a hair dryer in some situations, often the frozen pipes, it's beyond what a hair dryer will do. But there's there's some cases that we're able to thaw with a hair dryer. Text line into the uh, Dan and Amy text line here at uh, WIND. Somebody was just saying that uh, uh, they have a smell of uh, noxious gas, which they think is sewer gas. Now that could be something as easy as uh, as a drain trap being dry. Correct. Correct. So make sure that if you're getting any smells into the house, anything like that, even if there's a toilet you don't use, if there's a sink you don't use, make sure there's water, and that'll keep some of that smell from coming back in, right? Correct. All right, buddy. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. you. Uh, Mike Mandel, Mandel Plumbing, just some of the things we can look for. And uh, if, if you had any advice, it's uh, do some of that preventative maintenance. Make sure the furnace is checked, and uh, and you don't have to I – mean, I'm sure you love the business, but, man, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit more expensive than uh, – yeah, I mean you gotta be you gotta be charging a little more during a, during the off hours. Am I correct? Correct. I mean, we make, do have a hours charge. Yeah, it makes more sense. Uh, it makes more sense to, to stay ahead of this. Well, Mandel Plumbing out in the uh, Fox Valley area, we appreciate your expertise this morning, pal. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Now, uh, am I supposed to say at the end of an interview that it's sponsored by someone? Am I not, guys? Uh, is it? 
The turnkey.pro answer line. All right, very good. That was good. That worked well. Uh, we'll uh, put some of that information up later on on the uh, socials and on the website as well. Do you want me out here or do you want me out around 22? Well, let me just, let me just, as we talk about the weather and all of the craziness, I just want to play this real quick because this happened in, in Buffalo. And, I, you know, there, there's good stories to talk about from, from bad comes good and sometimes from good comes bad. I'm more of a glass half full kind of guy, and I should have chose a story where there was a family stranded in their van and they went and they took comfort in somebody's home in, in Buffalo, and they were there for two days. They were they, it, it was a, a gentleman and his wife. They were Korean. They were here going to see Niagara Falls on their honeymoon. Now, why you would do that when you know there's a winter storm coming down and there's five feet of snow on the ground already and there's another eight coming? I, 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 but I chose not to, to do that story. I want to do this story uh, instead. Buffalo uh, Police Commissioner uh, said that uh, multiple arrests have been made after people were found Here's what's going on. You've got so much snow, you can't move. You've got, you can't get your cars through. You can't get anything done in Buffalo. I mean, it is a month. The only thing Buffalo can do is beat the hell out of the Bears on Saturday. That's it. You can't move in Buffalo unless, unless you're a looter. Because then you get your freebies. We like to call it undocumented shopping, but the, the mayor of Buffalo, he is none too happy with you people. People who are out looting when people are losing their lives in this harsh winter storm, it's just absolutely reprehensible. Uh, I don't know how these people can even live with themselves, how they can look at themselves in the mirror. They are the lowest of, of the low. And from some of the pictures that we've seen in social media of these looters, uh, they're not looting foods and medicines. No. They're just loot, looting items that no. they want. So these aren't even people in distress. These are people that are taking advantage of a natural disaster and the suffering of many in our community to take what they want uh, from retailers, also potentially putting those services at risk in the communities where they are looting. Now, come on, because Kamala would tell me that these people were out getting their insulin and their NyQuil for their colds. They weren't getting big screen TVs. Are you kidding me? Like the other day, I'm leaving the uh, the Walmart, and, uh, oh, I posted a beautiful picture of that sundog we had on Christmas uh, Eve day early in the morning from the Walmart parking lot. I, I, I and my And my tweet was, I hope this is Jesus looking over you, Chicago, but it was fantastic. But the best vantage point I had was from the Walmart where I'm walking out and the girl's like, can I see your receipt? And I'm like, no, you can't see my receipt. If you wanted to see my receipt, you would have checked me out personally. I didn't ask to work here. I don't know why I go to that store, but it was one of those last minute things that I forgot. God help us and God help these. And I said to her, I go, a couple months ago, people were walking in and out of this store with everything and you just let them go. Now you want to see if I paid for both things of deodorant? <sighs> On the way this morning, boy, that omnibus bill is coming down and the insanity that is Chicago. One of our favorite returning guests, Jeannie Ives from the Fighting 42nd, joins us coming up this morning just after 635. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. In for Dan and Amy, I'm Ram LeDray on AM560. Connect with Dan and Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. How you doing? How you doing? 
how we do it around here. How you doing? Ray, Ray, Ramble, Ray in for Dan and Amy on AM560, The Answer. Uh, Bob is on the line this morning. Bob is in uh, Buffalo Grove. Bob, welcome. Uh, good mor- the- how are you, pal? Good. Uh, we met years ago at, uh, when you were at the White Sox game with that uh, other guy from the other radio station. Oh, Fat John uh, Remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to uh, thank you guys for going live today and hearing you. As much as I love Dan and Amy, uh, you get tired of hearing their uh, reruns. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, and, w- hey, Bob, here's the thing, man, is that, you know, content is the king. We want everybody to have a little time at the at the holiday season so uh, Dan and Amy can uh, can be with their family and do the things they love to do. So every now and then, that's when the foster fill-in comes in. And that's yeah, really, uh, yeah. That I love to hear, you know, the, the the other people, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Jeannie Ives. I've met her many times with Breakthrough Ideas, and I'm hoping to hear what she has to say for the coming year. Uh, Bob, and you? Uh, I wish you the best in uh, uh, 2023, uh, and hopefully uh, Dan and Amy, when they take more breaks, they'll have you as uh, a fill-in like they do with uh, a few other people. Well, buddy, I appreciate you. Bob, I appreciate you calling Buffalo Grove. Uh, thanks for calling in. If you want to uh, call or text, we are going to be here. Uh, they tell me until uh, 9 o'clock uh, this morning. Uh, Bob did mention that Jeannie Ives is coming up. You see, Bob, Bob is paying attention. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560, The Answer. Somewhere way, 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 way north of here. On a snowmobile, ice fishing, providing, because that's what I do. But uh, Marcus from WIND said, Ray, could you just stick around for a couple of days and, and work? And I said, well, sure. So whenever I'm on the uh, the morning answer with uh, Dan and Amy or filling in, I like to have on people that know this game better than most anybody else. And I think of one woman that comes to mind, and that would be Jeannie Ives. Jeannie Ives, former member of the Illinois House of Representatives for the Fighting 42nd District, uh, founder of Bright Ideas. If you don't know what that is, Google it, and she'll give you the website here at the end of our conversation. But uh, just a brilliant woman, fun to watch, and now I believe a grandma. Jeannie Ives, welcome into the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Good morning. How are you? How are the holidays? Very good. Yep. Well, I want to ask you, um, you know... I was driving with uh, with Gina, who you know she loves you, and uh, we were we we went to Nashville before the holidays, and we drove. And then the one thing that always strikes me, and she brought this up with it was unaided. Once we got down a little south of Piatone, and we got into the middle of nowhere, and we're driving along and driving along, and she says, "Man, I feel like we, we're going to be in the state for six hours before we get to Kentucky. It's a big state." I go. And you don't really realize that because we kind of stay in our area from time to time. And she posed the question to me. She goes, how is it this can be such a big state that's just predicated on and predicated by the results of a Chicago election? And I, I simply said, it's just sheer numbers. It, it, it's, it really bears no explanation. But it's, it's really Chicago's like an island surrounded by reality, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, Chicago and the suburbs, they dominate uh, the population, and so that's control all comes from, and it's just unfortunate. But, you know, none of these these folks are really looking at the issues that matter to most. I mean, and I know you're going to want to talk about energy, right? Because oh, yeah. 
we're basically having this um, scarcity situation when we should be just absolutely controlling the market from Illinois, and we don't. Months ago, maybe it was a year ago, you started telling me, you're like, Ray, keep an eye on this, because this is nuts. The sheer stupidity and ridiculousness of what we're doing by shutting down these coal-fired power plants in Illinois and and then buying our energy from uh, surrounding states, I mean, that's really got us into a little bit of an issue here, hasn't it? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, a little more complicated than that, but the at the root cause of it is it's basically trying to substitute really good, reliable energy for other sources that don't work. And so uh, it just defies all common sense to have these legislators literally voting to say we're going to have no more natural gas or coal production in the state of Illinois. I mean, that's nonsense. Anybody can, and in fact, I encourage listeners to do this, you can actually download apps from um, PJM Interconnection or the MISO app, and you can actually see where your energy mix is coming from. And if, when you do that, you'll understand that it's coal and natural gas and in the PJM area, nuclear, that dominate our energy production. It's not wind and solar. Right now you're staying warm because of uh, our fossil fuels. And to deny reality is to basically endanger the future of the country when it comes to energy. And it's just, it's just nonsense. I mean, it's basically your, your politicians are lying to you. And I think that's the biggest, more biggest problem I have with all of this. They're what? just absolutely lying to the people. And, and this they, is, they can run a modern economy without natural gas and coal. It's not possible. And yet they voted to just eliminate them. This is what drives me crazy. And I know it drives you crazy as well. And you said it earlier when you started uh, your, your body of talk with us this morning, you said people, don't focus on the issues. Now, but they do notice when, when the power company sends them an email and says, hey, you <laughs> might want to put your uh, thermostat down to 60 or 62 degrees. I was reading on a, uh, a news website, and this was happening in central Wisconsin. And uh, some of the responses were, I'm not going to put my heat down to 60 or 62 degrees because I'm paying for this service and I'm going to run my heat where I want to run my heat. And then as you go from there and you follow the the rhetoric of the people that are replying, oh, you must be a conservative because you don't want to be part of the solution. And I just figure, is that where we are in the world right now? No, here's the thing. Democrat or Republican, if I pay for a service, you ought be able to provide me with that service. It's not up to me to, you know, to, 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 to come upon me to turn down what I need to do in my house, because you don't know if I have somebody sick there or whatever else, to, to tell me to turn this down because poor planning and bad policies that have led us to this. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, even uh, mainly the, the blackouts, the rolling blackouts that they've been talking about is, is up in the Northeast quadrant of the, the United States, but, but still it, we've had that threat. And, you know, in fact, the, the Illinois commerce commission told these legislators. Before they voted. Oh, I think we might've lost her. If we can get Jeannie, will call back. She's in a bad cell area. But, you know, I wanted to also talk to Jeannie um, about some of the Safety Act and, and the bills that are, are going on and, and, and that we're passing here in this state. I mean, it is ridiculous to me. And as soon as we get her back on, I'm going to ask her about this, too, but I'll go over it right now. Um, do you know that there is a House bill? It's uh, 3772. That House bill is if your car gets stolen or carjacked, you are not going to be on the hook 
if your car has been taken through a uh, red light, if it's gone through tolls, and and they've uh, racked up an enormous amount of debt because they're driving your car and going through red lights, that that you're not going to be on the hook for that anymore. Those are some of the things we have to do in this state. Those are some of the bills we have to write to protect us from some of the stuff that's going on because of the unbelievable crime problem that we have. They actually have to write this stuff into uh, into law. We have Jeannie back. I believe we yeah. do. Sorry about that, Jeannie. I guess we lost you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry about that, too. As uh, soon as we started talking about the power grid, boom, they cut you off. See how that works? <laughs> it's, the same thing no, that's, I, it's the same thing that's going on with these tech companies. <laughs> <laughs> What you were saying? Well, listen, it sounds like you're talking about some of the new bills that are coming into effect. I mean, just to solve problems that they've created themselves. Right. It's just, it's just amazing. But, you know, I don't know. Back to energy, though, I, I got to tell you, they're just doing idiotic problems. And, and you look at it in the infrastructure bills, too, that are coming through. They're basically solving um, state and local infrastructure problems on the back of federal taxpayers. And you see that in all the goodies that were handed out in that big $1.7 trillion bill. I mean, none of these things should federal taxpayers be paying for. They should be state and local problems, state and local problems that, that, that the local politicians have failed to solve from. And, and it all goes back to, to just bad policy from bad politicians. I mean, just, I, I don't know what people are going to do. I mean, how much do they want to be taxed for problems that others have created? That's exactly what we're looking at here. I, I always thought when, when crime... Uh, left Chicago, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I think it's a shame that people that live in the inner city of Chicago or some of Chicago's hardest-hit neighborhoods have to deal with the crime they have to deal with. It's a, a small amount of people that, that do the damage. There's a lot of good people that live in inner city Chicago, Inglewood. I work in that neighborhood a lot. Um, that it, it, They just want to live, thrive, and survive. But I always thought that once some of this crime got to Naperville, once it got out to Wheaton and up into Highland Park, that maybe... Maybe people would wake up and see what's going on, and it just drives me crazy to no end that we just continue to do the same thing. And we pull up to the gas pump and we complain about the prices. I mean, I, I, was, uh, I was just uh, uh, traveling over the weekend, and I saw gas as low as two forty three a gallon. But come now at the beginning of this year, our gas tax goes up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, to, to $0.43 cents per gallon and then $0.45 cents by July, second only in price uh, increase to uh, California. We just, but do people not know how this happens, Jeannie? How do you educate these people as to how this happens? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Because you, you even have Democrats. I mean, I don't know. You, you have Democrats that are moving out of the state too over uh, policy issues, and and they just won't admit it that they voted for the people that that put these in place, these policies in place. Look. You change out the politicians, you can change policies, and you can transform Illinois into a haven for businesses and families. It's just as simple as that. Uh, you know, Indiana is kicking our butt when it comes to economic development, and uh, even the industries that we want to do well in, even in electric vehicle manufacturing, we cannot save electric electrical vehicle manufacturers here in the state of Illinois. And, you know, we hand out all the goodies, the tax credits. We double down on the tax credits, which they just did. And still you've got the Belvedere Stellantis plant saying, sorry, we're out of here and we're going to expand elsewhere. You know, I mean, it's, just, it's all policy driven. This is not it's not rocket science, honestly. Well, you, you, and that's something that you and I, no mm -hmm. matter what radio station I'm on uh, and, and whether 
it's the same thing when I'm on any radio station up and down, down the dial in Chicago or if I'm on Fox News. It's the same thing. It's about the exodus of Chicago. It's about people leaving Illinois. And, uh, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but I was recently down in Nashville. And to see what's going on um, outside of our state as far as infrastructure, new roads, highways, changes to the skyline are absolutely be- uh, unbelievable. But now what you get and, and and I know this is you've you've said this as well. People leave uh, the state, or let's say let's say they leave Chicago, they come to the suburbs. They leave the uh, the state and go to Kentucky, Indiana, wherever. Now they're bringing their voting ways with them, and that's making people absolutely crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, there's there's plenty of room for improvement here in the state of Illinois. There's a lot enough people that are. As long as we can wake them up they, and they change the way that they vote and these politicians, we can change Illinois. I mean, and that's the hope, right? That is the hope that eventually these policies, um, you know, apparently, though, let me put it this way. People don't seem to be affected by their bad political decisions until the policies hit home. And that's that's really sad. We just and that's why I actually started Breakthrough Ideas is to connect the dots on policy so people make them more informed choices. Breakthrough Ideas. Uh, where can people find more uh, information on your Breakthrough Ideas? Because, as you know, I've been there. I like it. It's, uh, you know, it's a think tank of like-minded people that can get things done uh, in and around our area. You usually meet on Tuesday nights. Well, we, well, we do a lot of, of, you know, activities that way in, in, in town halls, and we're going to do more this this coming year. And, uh, for example, we're going to do a town hall on just basically how to read a school finance report. Um, people need to know what's in those things and how your money's being spent. So we try, we're going to do a whole big town hall on energy because I think it's a really important topic that affects everybody. And so <clears throat> you can connect with us on breakthrough-ideas.com on our website and check us out. Listen to the podcast. Always good, informative stuff. Always good to talk to you, Jeannie. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I always just kind of beat my head against the wall because I don't know how or when we turn around here. But somewhere it's got to happen someday, don't you think? <laughs> Sooner rather than later, because <laughs> a lot of people are making their decisions to exit the, the state, and it's it's too bad because it's a great state with a lot of resources that are just being abused by the politicians oh, and, and it, it drives me nuts bankrupting you, people you know and and you can't just blame it on all the democrats i work with some people in chicago that are good guys but it's mainly mm-hmm. the left that's driving me out of my mind and soon it's going to be driving me out of this out of my house and out of the state but this is home and i i really you know i'm hesitant to leave but what are you going to do it costs a lot of money to stay here genie ives we will uh, pay attention to your podcast um, we will uh, follow you on Breakthrough Ideas. We'll get everybody the uh, proper website, verbiage, and everything else up on our uh, socials here on WINDN and mine as well. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Happy holidays. Always good to talk to you and be good, okay? All right. Thanks, Ray. Jeannie Ives joining us this morning on the turnkey.com answer line. Did I get that right? Turnkey.pro answer line. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Beautiful. It's Ramblin' Ray Stevens. It for Dan and Amy. This is AM560, Chicago's Morning Answer. Hear about the big stories of the day, then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. How you doing? Welcome into a 
I believe it's Tuesday morning. Are you, are you paying attention to this? I know this week is kind of messed up. I just know that I usually put my garbage out on Tuesday. It goes out tomorrow because we have got to allow people a chance to catch up after the holiday. My name is Ray Stevens, Ramblin' Ray, in for Dan and Amy. You want to call this morning, 312-642-5600. That is our AM560 answer uh, morning uh, phone lines. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Libby Emmons about this latest Twitter dump coming up just after 7 o'clock and how the Biden and how the Trump administrations somehow used social media to get their points across. Now, we know um, from recent findings with Elon Musk, uh, um, <laughs> that that the left used this thing as a uh, it was it was the world's biggest yard sign for all things Democrat, but now we're finding that uh, also uh, Joe Biden and Trump wanted to uh, tamp down some of the uh, COVID and CDC um, I guess rhetoric is what you might say. Uh, we'll talk to Libby about that, and then I, uh, I've been texting back and forth with Ted uh, Dombrowski from uh, Wirepoints about the Exodus. We touched with some of that uh, with Jeannie Ives just here a, mo- a moment ago. But uh, Illinois, again, one of the biggest losers. 104,000 people fled the state last year. I think that makes us the third biggest loser. We'll talk to Ted about that this morning at uh, 737. I, I, I'm, I am not in the dating pool. I am not married. I, uh, I'm in a, I guess you would say it's a domestic partnership so I can glom off her insurance. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll ever go the marriage route again. I certainly don't want to be back out in the dating world. But there is a, uh, a couple new dating terms you need to know going forward. If you are dating or maybe if you get uh, blown off and if you have kids, they might be going through some of this as well. Infladating. That means that uh, giving the certain parameters of the economy that the Biden administration has provided for us. Um, infladating means you're going on less expensive dates because of inflation and the current economic environment. Um, there's heat doming. Heat doming is a uh, form of dating because you're dating somebody specifically for their household amenities, basically just to mooch off their, you know, air conditioning, their Wi-Fi, their pool. Now, I guess, I guess you could kind of say that maybe I'm doing that because I just said. A second ago, I'm in a domestic partnership so I can glom off her insurance. <laughs> Maybe I'm heat doming and I don't even know it. But this is my favorite. And this goes along with uh, the theme of, uh, you know, recycling your Christmas trees and, you know, being good to the environment and driving that clean burning uh, uh, electric car that's so clean burning. Just here's the thing. If you are driving a clean burning electric car, don't go buy a power plant this morning and see what's coming and and being spewed into the air because there's no such thing as a clean burning electric car echo dumping is dating by uh dating or not dating someone based on how environmental how environmentally friendly they are and how environmentally conscious they are on climate change and the environment you know that's one thing about uh my girl is we we see eye to eye on just about everything i call her little laura little laura ingram except she's a lot better looking. And she gets going on a tangent, and, man, I, I have to tell her, I have to say, baby, turn off Fox News. I do this all day long. You're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. 
Back in my rock and roll radio days, I'd have taken the WIND AM560 answer van out to a Midway or O'Hare and offered people rides back to their destinations because there is a lot of people sleeping on cots this morning at O'Hare, out at Midway, you name it. There is a little problem with Southwest Airlines. I'm sure they don't like to hear that, but man, oh man, people are stranded all over the place, and and it seems to be that uh, Southwest has canceled more flights uh, amid a uh, major meltdown. Over 2,600 flights canceled yesterday alone. Uh, over 14,000 flights canceled in the last couple of days. Man, if you're in and out of Chicago, and we all know how busy these airports are, good luck to you. It will be a uh, character builder for sure. Coming up this morning at 737, uh, Ted Dombrowski from Wirepoints is going to uh, talk to us about, again, uh, things we know, the uh, exodus from Chicagoland and Illinois. People are leaving this state in droves. We weren't at the top of the list, but boy, oh boy, we were really close. My name is Ray Stevens, uh, Ramblin' Ray, and for Dan and Amy, I'll be here uh, through Thursday. And I'm also told that John Anthony is going to be in for Sean uh, this afternoon. So uh, stay with us here on AM560, The Answer. It just seems like every time we turn around and we look at what's going on with social media, um, you know, they're, they're telling us to stay off of TikTok because it's the it's the communists and they're, 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 it's no good, it's bad. And I wonder now if... Our lawmakers have been telling us to stay off of TikTok because they can't control it. It's food for thought, certainly. With that in mind, I uh, say good morning to Libby Emmons. Uh, at Ebby, uh, you can find her at Libby Emmons, editor-in-chief for the Post Millennial. Good morning, Libby. How are you? I'm good, Ray. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I just as, as we dive more and more into what we see that's uh, going on at Twitter, I seem to get a little bit more concerned. I used to worry that I didn't have that blue check mark next to my name now i wonder if it's worth anything tell us about the uh, the twitter dump yesterday that happened uh, with both the biden and trump administration in regards to covid information and the suppression of it yeah i have been finding these twitter file drops to be absolutely fascinating to see the inner workings of this huge tech company and majorly influential social media company and we saw yesterday in the, the latest draft that um, Trump was, so the Trump administration was pressuring Twitter to suppress some information. Um, the information that, that was revealed that he was trying to suppress was about um, grocery store runs at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm sure we all remember uh, back in what, early spring 2020 when everybody was worried that they weren't going to get enough toilet paper or you know dry goods or things like this. And there was a lot of talk about runs on grocery stores, and the Trump administration was trying to mitigate that and saying to Twitter, don't tell anybody this is happening, you know. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, what I think was, was really telling in the drop was that when the Biden administration came in, they started really cracking down with social media companies on um, information about vaccines and vaccine efficacy um, for COVID. And we know that um, the Biden administration has been huge pushers of this vaccine to the exclusion pretty much of any other treatment or, um, you know, 
yeah, treatment or well, mitigation yeah. measure primarily. So it's fascinating. And and what they did was they tried to tamp because certainly there were people on the other side of this debate saying you know whether the uh, the what the, epi, uh, the the what the effects of the uh, the shots were if they worked. Mm-hmm. There were other doctors saying, hey man, you know we know that this is that this has come up quick. We know that the mm-hmm. that the variants of COVID. Uh, they change. Um, there's no way we're going to be able to do this. But they really tried to suppress anybody that had that attitude towards the vaccines. Yes, they did. And they were successful. They were suppressing um, Alex Berenson, who was very outspoken about the vaccines. They were also suppressing and banning doctors from Harvard Medical School who were saying things like, hey, the vaccines are perfectly fine for at-risk groups. Kids don't need them. Um, kids are pretty much fine dealing with COVID. People who are not at high risk of COVID complications probably don't need this vaccine. And those voices were getting suppressed as well. And in fact, they were having, you know, weekly meetings. They were um, supplying lists of accounts that they thought should be banned. Uh, Former FBI Director Jim Baker, who was um, working at Twitter, uh, said, reported to Twitter about um, a tweet that Trump put out after he was released from Walter Reed when he had COVID in what I think it was fall 2020, he had COVID and he got out of the hospital. You know, he had a bunch of treatments and he said, Hey, don't be afraid of COVID. And Jim Baker came back to Twitter trust and safety and said, how is saying don't be afraid of COVID, not a violation of our policy. And, you know, the, the reply back from trust and safety at that time was uh, optimism is not a violation of our policies. You know, that's not one we can take down. Um, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was slapped with a warning label, you know. Um, and Trump was an um, incredibly optimistic president, I always thought, you know, well, telling everybody like, hey, it's going to be all right. But yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it. You know, when he, you don't want to scare people. And then, of course, um, you know, we, we could look back at what we went through. And I mean, my goodness, the mm-hmm. things that we did, you know, just just what you said when you started talking to us this morning, we were out stock. I wasn't, but we were stockpiling toilet paper. And I, I thought to myself, what how bad what kind of nation have we become if we're that? <laughs> but then but then Libby and we're talking to Libby Emmons from the post millennial Libby. I see what our, our nation acts like when there's a snowstorm on the way, when it gets a little bit cold. And it, it's like we we. We overreact, and it and 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 it's been only two years since the onset of COVID, and we already forgot everything that we've we've gone through and came through, and some of the things we were told to do, and the nonsense, and and to know that big tech played a part in that, and then you look at the Twitter dump right after Elon Musk started releasing uh, files about how the uh, the the uh, Democrats used it as their basically big campaign sign in in everybody's mm-hmm. yard. It really is. It's troubling. Now, I want to ask you, because you, you know about this stuff. Do you do you believe that, that because there's been a lot of consternation, if you will, from the U.S. government about TikTok? And I said it as mm-hmm. we as we kind of started to introduce you here this morning. But do you do you think there's a concern that since the U.S. government can't control TikTok, that that's why they want to downplay it and kind of get rid of it? And there's even been talks about banning it. You know, that's an interesting that's an interesting point. And I do think that um, perhaps that has something to do with it, though. The Biden administration certainly loves TikTok influencers and advice them to the White House 
all the time to tell them their ideas about policy for some reason. But the other issue with TikTok is that it likely does have a backdoor right into the CCP. Most companies in China, I'm saying most because I don't know every company in China, but um, you do have to uh, pay your dues to the CCP and there's a lot of interconnection there. So I do think that the concern is um, not necessarily that American government can't control it, but that the Chinese government certainly can. It's also been revealed that the algorithms on TikTok um, are specifically geared almost to the destruction of American youth. In China, if you know, if you're a kid on TikTok, you're going to see videos about pandas and math games. And in the U.S., if you're a kid on TikTok, you're going to see all kinds of crazy people like, you know, doing weird TikTok dances right, and right. things like that. So there's definitely a concern that, um, you know, the CCP is using TikTok for the destruction of some well, American You know, it, cer- it certainly is amazing because, you know, when it's done, I, I do a lot of, I, I, I do this thing called doing good in the hood. So every now and then I, I if, I'm in a, if I'm in a neighborhood in Chicago and I'm doing a charity event, man, you can use social media to really move people to action. Um, so when it's used and, and it's used in, in the, in the right vain it can be very very helpful but it's just amazing to me that i'm a i've got a huge following on facebook and i can post something up on facebook and get a million views i can post the same thing on tiktok and nobody watches it is that just because i'm old and 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 uh and not relevant or is that just the audience or the algorithms i think it probably has a lot to do with audience and algorithms um that would be my guess my son who is 12 hates tiktok for Mm -hmm. some reason I think it's because all the girls at his school are obsessed with it. And yeah. so he's like, I hate it. Okay. Um, but, you know, I think it has a lot to do with that. Like when I go on TikTok, all I see are a bunch of toddlers doing dances. I don't know why that's what I see. <laughs> you know, um, I pretty much only have the accounts of research. And this is the kind of research TikTok wants me to have. Um, but, yeah, the algorithms play a huge role in it. And I think um, people can see. Even recently, their Twitter feeds are different now that the, uh, you know, that things are changing over there. Um, yeah, but all of the all of the social media companies uh, are are using AI and machine learning to make these changes. And in fact, um, the Twitter files from yesterday show that a lot of the account suppression having to do with COVID vaccines was done by um, AI that had been trained to recognize certain words and ban them. And that also it was done by a lot of um, third-party contractors working in the Philippines who had basically decision trees to help them figure out what accounts should be uh, filtered and censored and which ones shouldn't. So it also does seem that the, um, the oversight of how this was done was relegated to people or machines that had absolutely no concern for Americans' free speech. Well, you know, it, it, it certainly is uh, so far. You know, we just got done with the holidays. You sit around. Everybody's on their phone. It's, 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 it's addicting, and, uh, and they pull you in, and, uh, and it is absolutely amazing. Let me ask you this, Libby. This is Libby Emmons uh, visiting WIND this morning from the Post Millennial. Where do you think this Twitter thing ends since Elon has come in. I mean, do you think there's going to be more about voter suppression, more about uh, COVID news, and how do we fix it? And do you think it can't be fixed? You know, I go back and forth on this myself. I have loved seeing the inner workings of this hugely influential company. 
where so many people go to, you know, speak their minds online. I, I really think Twitter is such a cool idea. Um, and it's, it, you know, so I, I love seeing that. But where where is it going? I have no idea uh, what could be coming next. I do hope that Twitter maintains um, its integrity and that it continues to be a place where we can share ideas and perhaps share more ideas. I kind of hope that as it opens up more, um, the liberals who are so used to having their every um, every whim and desire for who should get banned mm. and acted by Twitter, I, you know, that that won't continue to happen. And perhaps they'll realize that open dialogue and conversation is a lot better for uh, discourse and democracy than enforcing their will on the rest of us. Yeah. I also kind of hope Trump comes back and yeah. tweets again. Me t- those were a lot of fun. Me too. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I've always said if he would have just tamped down on the tweeting on those thumbs a little bit, it would have been so much easier for him, uh, you know, as he went along as, in his presidency. But I think that speaks to the power and the ridiculousness of Twitter to be able to ban a, a sitting U.S. president because you don't like what he says. That's the epitome of free speech. Yeah, I thought that was pretty wild, too, and quite an overreach. And after they did that, it turns out, even within Twitter, and this was revealed in an earlier uh, drop of files, even within Twitter, what happened was that opened the door for people who had all kinds of other ideological ideas. One employee was saying, you know, I know that we didn't used to be the arbiter of truth, and I respect and understand that, but I'm really glad that now we can start banning accounts that provide all this other, what she called or he called misinformation, that was clearly uh, defined by their own bias. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're going to continue to see. We see people talking about election misinformation, and we see people talking about COVID misinformation, education misinformation, all of this stuff. And it's really become a catchword for things that I disagree with that I can't uh, counter based on factual information. So I have to, you know, use this made-up word to tell everyone that it's fake, just on its surface, without addressing. Joining us from the uh, post-millennial, believe it or not, you can follow her on Twitter at Libby Emmons. It was good to visit with you this morning. We'll see where it all goes. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Libby Emmons on WINDAM 560, The Answer, and she joined us on the turnkey.pro answer line. Coming up, you're leaving Illinois in the state truck, which is the U-Haul van. We'll tell you how many people left and how bad it's going to get. Coming up at 737 this morning on WIND. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Well, you made it to a uh, Tuesday morning. She's a little cold outside, but it's getting better. It's getting better all the time. High near 26 today, 12 degrees right now. 50s by the end of the week. Give you a chance to get some of the salt off the car. Although I'm... I'm I'm troubled by the uh, uh, Department of Streets and Sanitation, I guess it would be out where I live. I live in Aurora, right on the edge of Batavia, beautiful little neighborhood called Savannah. And uh, I haven't seen one snowplow come through the neighborhood, which is cool because I've got my snowmobiles ready to go. I collect vintage snowmobiles and race them, and and I've got some new stuff too, but I've got all my old stuff home. And uh, the damn thing wouldn't start, so I couldn't go out and, and drive the neighbors crazy. I will be trying that later on today, uh, once I pour a little bit more uh, NyQuil down my throat to try to get this cold to go away. Maybe I should just go in and take it easy, but uh, not one snowplow down my street in Aurora. 
We'll see if any of the uh, folks that work the uh, street department in Aurora are listening to uh, the morning answer with Dan and Amy. My name's Ray Stevens. Um, I don't know if you've paid attention to the uh, quarterback situation in, in New York, at the New York Jets. I mean, we've got enough problems of our own when it comes to football, and I'm not a big user of the NFL. I'm like a Friday night football fan. I like watching high school football. It's the love of the game. The uh, area of football we get to watch around here is is unbelievable. The level of skill these high school kids have. I know that Amy J and I talk about this all the time. My kid played at Batavia, went on to play a little at Wisconsin, but uh, the NFL has kind of left me lonely, and I think it's partially because of their uh, stop hate banners on the back of their helmets and the stop hate uh, rings around the uh, goalposts at the Soldier Field. I'm thinking, wow, that's something. They're virtue signaling stop hate. Yet two blocks away from here, and this happened on Thursday, a guy got the crap beaten out of him and his van was stolen. Maybe we need to put all the stop hate signs on every stop and go light and at every intersection in this town. But Zach Wilson is the uh, quarterback out in uh, out in New York at the Jets. And uh, you may remember this guy for having a little bit of a tay-to-tay with his mom's really, really hot friend. Um, and I say that hot in a, a lovingly way. She's a beautiful woman, um, but uh, he was dating his his mom's friend, and she's on her Instagram, and she is making life rough for him. And uh, Mrs. Wilson, are you going to get off Twitter and Instagram for the sake of your kid? People out there that think I embarrass my son. Has he asked me to take down my social media? He has before. And he says, Mom, if it's about money, I'll give you money. He says, I don't need your money. He says, Mom, you don't embarrass me, but I can't stand these people treating my mom like crap. And I said, Zach, you know what? If you saw the messages that I receive every single day. Now listen to this. From women that started exercising again. Mm-hmm. Women that are learning to cook right. for the first time ever. Women that are changing their relationships because of with your... their husbands. Right. Women that tell me that the only reason they're getting out of bed is because of my Instagram. The only reason these women are getting out of their bed in the morning is because of Mrs. Wilson's Instagram. This lady is straight on crazy. Moms, dads, try not to embarrass your kids. It'll work out better for you in the long long run. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. If that's moving up, then I'm moving out. I believe off the uh, Glass Houses record. I'm not sure. Billy Joel. Billy Joel on AM560, The Answer. Right, right. In for Dan and Amy playing all the hits this morning. The Illinois State Truck is the U-Haul van. There's no doubt about it. New 2022 census data. Illinois' population down another 104,000. The third worst drop. I would imagine that New Jersey or maybe California is ahead of us. I know California is, but... Why leave it up to uh, to a guest when we can bring in uh, Ted Dabrowski, president at Wirepoints Incorporated. Ted, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ray. Thanks for having me on. Are Merry you pre- Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, um, so what leads Illinois as far as states that are seeing the most? I know California's got to be on there, right? Yeah, California and New York, right? So two big, big blue states, and, and Illinois is the other big blue state. So uh, the three uh, all lost over 100,000 people. And, uh, you know, that's a huge contrast to, to two big red states, Florida and Texas, which gained over 400,000 people. So you know, they're growing massively. Uh, they're attracting people from everywhere, including Illinois. 
and the big blue states are, are losing people. So uh, it's a bit of a sign of uh, which policies are winning out. Where do you see people from Illinois, per se, leaving and going to? Is it is it uh, the states we would imagine? I mean, I know a lot of people uh, that I talk to, and it certainly seems like Tennessee seems to be an area for, it's like a, a safe haven for people from Illinois. But uh, by and large, is there any one area that favors one over the other? Well, you know, Florida is the big, the big winner uh, for, for Illinois people, number one. And, uh, you know, this data, this new data from the census, which just came out last week, so it's kind of a, a, a bad way to end bad news in Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. The census comes out and says more people are fleeing Illinois. But uh, Florida is the big winner. But, you know, uh, Indiana gets a lot of people net-net from Illinois. And the same thing for Wisconsin. So those states attract people. You know, people always like to blame the weather for why Illinois is shrinking. You know, you'll hear Pritzker and others kind of just – you know, ignore this like it's just a weather thing. But, you know, uh, you've got North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin. <laughs> yep. They all grew population, right? And we didn't. And uh, you know, all of our neighboring states, except for Michigan, Michigan's special because of, of the messes they have. Um, but uh, all of our neighbors grew their populations. And that was the same thing over the last 10 years when there's the big decennial count. Uh, they all grew. We were one of just three states to shrink. So we've got a real sickness in Illinois. And yet our, our politicians continue to ignore it. It, it, it really is amazing. You, you said it right there. Our politicians continue to ignore it. They keep on with the policies that they keep keeping on with and bashing down our throats. Um, it, it, this is nothing new, though. I mean, how many years in a row do we look at a population loss? And it's been about this is not an alarming number to me. Actually, I thought it would be higher. But you're talking about years and years of exodus now. Well, this is a record number for losses. I mean, think think about it. And, you know, this is like wiping out, almost wiping out the entire city of, of Springfield in one shot. Um, and we shrunk, you know, we shrunk over the last decade. We lost about 18,000 people, uh, which isn't a big number. But when you consider that over the last decade, Texas grew by 4 million people, you realize how we're falling behind. And that has all kinds of implications for investment, you know, growth, uh, uh, representation in Congress. So this is becoming a really big deal because we used to have 27 uh, representation in Congress. Now we're down to 17, and it's going to shrink even more uh, while Florida and, and Texas are growing in representation. So, you know, um, you know, the bad news is Illinois is shrinking, but I guess the good news is its failed policies are, are losing, uh, losing any kind of weight in, in overall U.S. policy. Ted Dabrowski is here from uh, Wirepoints Incorporated. Uh, Ted, I guess the other thing, too, is is if you look at major corporations, and a lot of them are fleeing Chicago and the state as well, but let's focus on Chicago. Crime is a major reason why CEOs, and, you know, the, uh, the, the CEO of McDonald's talked about this to some point in the summer and then at the end of the year. It's hard to get people to want to come work in a city where there's so much crime and People like to sweep it under the rug and act like it's not going on, but you can't deny the fact that people are leaving in droves, corporations as well. Yeah, you know, people, I don't think people think like in policies when they move out of Illinois, they're not saying, well, you know, this policy's too, you know, they're just seeing what happens. Either their, their checkbook is, is too small, right, or, or they're scared, uh, or their properties are going down in value. And, and, you know, crime, you just mentioned crime, uh, you know. Lightfoot and others would love to ignore what's happening, but you know when you look at violent crimes in Illinois, sorry in Chicago, they're up 41 percent over last year. You know you would you would think that we would start to get back to some normalcy after the George Floyd incident gets away from further and further away from us. Um, COVID is gone, and yet you got this 100 percent increase, a doubling 
in motor vehicle thefts in, in this, this year compared to last year. You know, overall thefts are up by half. Uh, so things are still bad here. And overall, 41% increase in violent crimes. It's not good. And, um, you know, and, and people know it and they feel it. We're writing a, a bill into law in the state, and I forget the HB number that's on it. I know it's in the 37 range. Um, there's a House bill that uh, talks about a, how, how a vehicle owner is protected should his car get stolen, his or her car get stolen, and run red lights and accrue fines. They're not going to be held accountable for that if their vehicle gets carjacked in Illinois. When you have to write a bill like that into law, I mean, that's when you have to understand you have a problem here that's systemic and it's not going away. I mean, that kind of stuff is just ridiculous. Yet we just well, we keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's the absolute definition of insanity. Yeah, instead of solving the actual problem, like it was just to stop theft, you know, we're, we're letting out, I guess we're going to call the Safety Act kind of catch and release where we you catch people. There's, there's no way to hold them, so you just put them back out and they re- redo crimes. I mean, look at this. And this is a phenomenal number. We've had 20,000 motor vehicle thefts in 2022 alone in Chicago. 20,000. And right now the rate is about 100 a day. So this is why they're having to pass that stupid law is because so many cars are being stolen and carjacked that, uh, you know, uh, people are getting ticked off that they're getting tickets and red lights and all that. And when, when they don't even get to have their car, they're not even possessing their car. So. Um, that, that's part of the insanity of Illinois right now. You know, where did J.B. Prisker come up with his number? His math seems a little bit fuzzy because I know that some point last year in the fall, he said only 18,000 people had left the state, I believe, in the year. And, and that was way off. Um, and, and, of course, you know, nobody's going to hold him accountable to speaking on those numbers. But um, where did he come up with a number like that? Well, yeah, so, so there's a lot of controversy a year ago or so where, where the census, the U.S. census had said that Illinois was going to lose over 200,000 people. And then when they did their, their account, their big decennial every 10-year count, they ended up with only 18,000 down for the whole decade. And so, um, you know, a lot of that was that a lot of money was spent on trying to find people. You know, they spent a lot of money to, to do the count in 2020 versus 2010. So they may have just found more people. But Pritzker, Pritzker, you know, denies the fact that Illinois is in a, in a really bad spot when it comes to losing people. He uh, tries to poo-poo on the numbers. Uh, you know, last year we lost 100 and, uh, about 100,000. Now we lost another 104,000. Uh, you know, the question is going to be when does the, when does the, uh, when does the, um, the mainstream media pick this up and, and put him to task on it? Because he sure is getting away with um, having policies that are, you know, continue to scare people away. Now, this has all been happening before he came along. But he certainly is, I think, making it worse with the Safety Act and a lot of the, you know, the taxation. The gas tax is about to go up again. Um, you know, he's had a lot of failed policies, and we're seeing we're seeing the brunt of that uh, hit uh, with people leaving. Yeah, food tax comes back, I believe, in July. Uh, gas tax goes up. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, we are the uh, we have the second highest gas tax state, next of course California. But we just keep you know we keep doing the same thing over and over again. It'll be 45 cents a gallon by midsummer which we will be taxed on a gallon of gas. And, of course, you know, we're, we've got to fund pensions and fix everything that's been broken in the state forever and ever and ever. Uh, I, I guess I just don't see um, how it gets better. I had Jeannie Ives on earlier today, and we were talking about this state, the amount of uh, crime that goes on, um, and then the people that are leaving, the companies that are leaving, yet we still overwhelmingly vote Democrat for the same people that, that – you know, create these policies and want you to think everything is fine and dandy when it's not. I just don't know when people wake up. And I know you don't have a crystal ball for that either. 
Well, I, I don't, Ray, and, and um, you know, part of the big problem we talked about this on this show is is that things were starting to the, the reality was starting to hit Illinois right before COVID came along, uh, because you know Pritzker and others they were running out of money uh, to fund all these things because you know the the only way this works is if you, can, you the only way you can keep handing out more money on the food stamps and the Medicaid and all that is if you can get money from somewhere else and pass it around mm-hmm. and, and keep buying votes. And so before COVID, things were getting really rough. Well, then COVID comes along, and you know it gave the the federal government the great excuse to hand out trillions of dollars. Illinois got overall in the private and public sectors $200 billion. And so that's hidden for a while, all the problems, right? As, as, as Pritzker and Lightfoot have been able to just hand out checks, right? Here, here's some money uh, for all kinds of programs. Well, at some point that money runs out. The funny money is going to run out in the next you know, year and uh, we're going to get back to reality. And then people might start to have to think about, well, what exactly am I voting for? Uh, but, but, you know, right now we're still in that, in that, period of where, where Pritzker can hand out money and, and quote, reduce gas taxes and, quote, re, you know, reduce food ta- sales taxes on food, act like he's doing good things when, in fact, uh, you know, th- things are headed the wrong way. And, and we can see that in the uh, out-migration. You know, the out-migration numbers are the, are the ultimate voting with your feet, right? Yeah. That's the ultimate vote, and we're, and we're losing probably a lot of conservatives because of that. He's the big guy, the president of Wirepoints Incorporated. It's a Ted Dabrowski joining us here on WIND. Ted, let me just take you to the city for a second. Um, I, I was a fan, and I am a fan of Ray Lopez. I think that uh, that he's a, he's a good guy. He's common sense. I think sometimes that costs him in the city because people don't want to be told the truth in Chicago, and that's a problem. So now it looks like it's, it's Chewy Garcia or it's Lori Lightfoot's race to lose, and that's a shame because I think Paul Vallis would do a really, really, really good job. I like Paul. But how in the world can Mayor Lori Lightfoot take some of these campaign commercials she's running with her with tears in her eyes talking about her mom and dad after running the city the way that she has and, 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 and give this to us with a straight face? It just I, I just don't get it. Do they, do they actually think, and, and, and I digress because, Obviously, Chicago and Illinois voters aren't very educated, and we're not that smart because we keep doing the same thing. But, I mean, she's got a real shot to be reelected. Well, she does. There's a new poll that came out that, that put her in third place, you know, with Garcia one, Vallis at two, and, uh, and her at third. So maybe the reality is starting to show up a little bit. But, but you're right. You know, pe- people, people don't know what to do in Chicago because, you know, they hear the whole equity thing over and over again. You know, she's been promoting that. Uh, people don't understand how bad that equity message truly is, mm-hmm. um, and, and they, they buy it. And uh, but when you look at it, you know, there's there's it's been destructive. Her her equity message, same thing with Preckwinkle, has been destructive because they don't actually fix problems. They don't fix problems for for the you know, for the the lowest of income. Um, so so the question is going to be, can can a guy like Vallis just get into the runoff um, with with a Garcia? Uh, I think people are kicked off of light, but then some of the polling. Is going to show that now. The question is going to be, you know, what what happens when push comes to shove? I'll tell you the big thing for me, Ray, is where is the corporate elite? You know, they're the ones that have they have money, they have influence, and uh, you know they certainly supported Lightfoot in the past. Uh, you know, they should dump her. The question is, what will they do, and will they do anything, or are they too scared to act? And and how much corporate elite is left, really? You know, I mean, you you look at some of the people going back to people that have left our state. Uh, you know, you know, Ken Griffin comes to mind. I mean, here's another guy uh, that has a lot of wealth, a lot of uh, 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 wealth and, and, and people working in Chicago. He's gone to Florida. 
Yeah, you know, he and he he handed out like three hundred million dollars in, in uh, you know money to to all kinds of different groups, including the museums and all that, and the police. Um, you know, I, I think this is why McDonald's. You, you mentioned the McDonald's CEO. His his previous comments about about crime. I, I really was was happy that he that he stepped up and spoke up. I'm not sure you know how much he got beat down for it, uh, but but it's that kind of discussion that that people will listen if uh, you know if a place like McDonald's left Illinois or threatened to leave Illinois. That, that's huge, or left Chicago. Um, they've got to speak up, and there's a whole bunch of them, right? I mean, you know, Chicago's still the massive, great city. Un- underneath all this crime and all this mess and all this wokeness is a fantastic, amazing city. And uh, if, if the leaders would speak up and say, we don't want any more of this you know, crazy equity talk, we want, we want to get back to merit and competence and, and transparency and you know, no corruption, we want that kind of stuff. Uh, but you know they don't speak up, and, and it's a real disappointment because it's theirs. It's theirs. Um, you know they can make the difference right now. You know, as soon as we have a crazy Kaplan's firework outlet in, in uh, you know, on Michigan Avenue or on State Street or at Water Tower Place, then maybe people, when there's a spirit Halloween uh, operating out of the Hancock Building, I think maybe people will wake up. But we'll have to uh, wait and see. Ted, always good to talk to you. Uh, Ted Dabrowski, he is the president of Wirepoints Incorporated. We'll have you on again, sir. Thanks for the uh, visit. Thanks, Ray. All right. And Ted joined us on the turnkey.pro answer line on WIND AM 560. Listen to podcasts of Dan and Amy from the AM 560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. I, uh, I'm slowly finding out I have to recapture my va-va-boom. I've been I've been throwing down all this concoction in this. You ever have you ever seen the movie Flight, where Denzel Washington is the uh, drunk pilot, and in order to get him out of his uh, drunken stupor, uh, uh, you know they they make this cocktail, they, they make this his his guy, and that was whip, and they make this concoction to get him back on his feet. Well, that's what my girlfriend's been doing for me, and I, I think if I took some balance of nature or something and mixed it into my coffee, I'd be better. But she's got me taking all sorts of vitamins. And some kind of a charcoal supplement to get this crud out of my body. And my God, yesterday I was hardly up and walking. Today I'm moving. I should pay closer attention to her. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Well, I know one is golfing. The other may be coaching or skiing. I don't know where geographically she is, but I I know that it's always nice if you're uh, on this morning show schedule to take a couple days off, and that's where the foster fill-in comes in. That would be me, Ramundo Sanchez. Uh, my name is Ray Stevens. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff, Ramblin' Ray or Ray Stevens. You can find me. 312-642-5600 is the uh, call-in line. Uh, this morning and every morning here at uh, WIND. If you haven't been uh, paying attention, there's been some news going on, even when we're not paying as close of attention as we should. Another uh, big uh, Twitter dump. Uh, Biden administration pressured uh, CDC and COVID guidance on vaccines. So if you were a doctor or a physician or a nurse that had opposing views to what the CDC guidelines were, some of these big media, some of these big tech companies, they actually acted like another arm of uh, of the government, and uh, they did what, what uh, the Biden administration told them to. And notice how I say the administration, because you know Joe's not telling them anything, but uh, 
If, if there was an opposing view to the booster, to the booster, to the booster shot, they wanted uh, any of that opposition tamped down. You're going to learn more about this as uh, we get on through the week here because I have a feeling with Alon at the helm there of the uh, of the Twitter uh, company, more of this stuff is going to, uh, to be coming into the uh, forefront. Have you noticed lately, 10 years ago, you could go, you couldn't, you couldn't drive across the country without seeing an old country buffet in every town along the way. It was mostly small town USA, but they've, they've kind of disappeared. And you ask why? Well, let's bring in Oliver Bateman. Oliver Bateman, he's a historian. He's a journalist based out of Pittsburgh. He blogs, he blogs, he does it all. We'll get you all his details in uh, just a couple seconds. But uh, Oliver, good morning. Welcome back to AM560, The Answer. Hey, good morning, Ray. How you doing? Buddy, I'm doing just fine. Where where has our Chinese buffet gone? Well, for the past three years, a lot of our buffets have been uh, in shutdown mode. I mean, the past 12 months, we've seen some reopening. But if you expected to see hundreds of old country buffets across the landscape, well, they're all gone. They went through Chapter 11. Um I started working my first job years and years ago was at the Golden Corral. I worked there for four years all through college. Uh, they've had to you know, close about half their restaurants. They're down to around 300 from over 500. Uh, the buffet was hit hard by COVID restrictions and shutdowns. And it used to be a place uh, across the country where you could get a, a square meal at a fair price. You know, you talk about a square meal at a fair price, and I'm a guy that I, I run on a pretty healthy level. I like to take care of myself. Not everybody does, and I don't. You, you do your own thing. Um, but the other day, I, I, I did a morning show in in Kansas from the same studio I'm in now. I, I went and I did some business and some shopping. I was I was tired. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten yet. It was two o'clock in the uh, in the afternoon, so I went under the golden arches and I pulled up to the drive through and I said, "Hey." Why don't I get the uh, the fish fillet? That might be the healthiest option for me on this uh, on this uh, menu board here. I, I got a, a coffee to uh, replace pop because I don't drink any of that soda crap. That thing cost me over eleven bucks. Yeah, yeah, prices uh, are through the roof um, at all these places now. I mean, the, uh, restaurants in, in general have been hit hard by supply chain issues by. Uh, you know, having to having to reconfigure after the COVID, rising food costs. I mean, diesel six bucks a gallon. Yeah. So all that's getting passed on to you, the consumer. You got to pay the kid that doesn't want to work there twenty five bucks an hour because you can't get anybody else to work. Um, let me ask you this: as a kid, when you were talking about your college job there at the uh, at the old country buffet, did you ever was was it part of the deal that you got to eat that food as part of your compensation package? It absolutely was, Ray. Like that was what kept me at the buffet for that whole time. Like I didn't need, I didn't need to spend a thousand bucks a year on a college meal pass or whatever because five days a week I was I was getting some kind of meal as much as I could eat. And when you are, you know, somebody that is and uh, has been for for twenty plus years a power lifter, that is a great great deal uh, eating for free. And we had steak on the buffet. We had all those things on the buffet. So yeah. It's, it was a it was a great way. I mean, in addition to making ten bucks an hour, it was a great way uh, back then to get all your calories. Oliver Bateman is with us right now. You can find him at Mushdash Club US. Uh, you talk about being a power lifter. I sent a kid to a college. He's a football player in the University of Wisconsin system, and uh, it's 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 important because these meal plans and packages at colleges aren't very uh, cheap. It costs enough to send your kids there in the first place. 
and uh, and you know every college kid has has a deal, a place where they go. This kid was going in back of the Papa John's Pizza. He knew that they threw out the fresh pizzas that they didn't sell at eleven o'clock. Him and his buddies would jump in the dumpster and hand pizzas out to each other. Yeah, that was that was always the uh, that's always been a thing. Like when my dad uh, played football at West Virginia University in the late fifties, he and his roommate always knew when the uh, the morning bakery deliveries <laughs> were happening around town. Yeah. So he and his uh, roommate Bob Fletcher would go and just steal them. Well, now was you it know? was it stealing or was it just? I mean, they were they were they were just going to junk them anyway, right? Uh, no, in some cases they're being put out fresh. So these guys, you know, fifties, they're pulling pranks. They're going and grabbing. They needed calories. <laughs> Uh, they might have been grabbing stuff uh, after too, but they were getting up early in the morning to grab those those fresh rolls uh, and so on. <laughs> you know, you know, as we talk about this, and we're talking with Oliver Bateman, he's talking about the disappearance of a, of a major U.S. icon that is the the buffet. As we talk about it, I, I don't know the last time I was at a buffet, and then I I'd, I'd uh, heard about these CC's pizza buffets but you know we're in chicago for goodness sake if you're in chicagoland you don't go eat at a cc's pizza buffet but if you're on the road and you see one you know what they say even bad pizzas like sex even when it's bad it's still pretty good but uh i i i'd never ate at one and they're seeing a decline as well correct they have seen a terrible decline and they used to be i mean i i lived in chicago for a couple of years uh in my mid-20s and yeah there's no comparison to like lou malnati's or anything like None. that Zero. back in the day in the early 2000s you could for three or four bucks get all the pizza you could eat it wasn't great pizza uh, and they expanded around the united states they got into the hundreds of franchises and they have seen a, an enormous decline since covid and they're actually focusing uh, more on things like just like the golden corral is um the, the other but another buffet chain they're focusing more on takeout these days and they're focusing on uh uber eats and pickup and grubhub and these sorts of things to try to offset the decline because people haven't they've, they've come back but they haven't come back in the numbers that they were originally going there and i mean it's it's been a tough loss for the chain but yeah the only real buffet chain that's growing in the united states right now is based out of iowa there's about 200 of them and it's called pizza ranch it is a pizza buffet. They're expanding really, really slowly. They're a they're a big faith based business. Um, and, you know, they're they're everything is real tight with that organization, and they are they are actually growing. So you might see pizza ranches in the Chicago land area in the coming uh, three to five years. Well, it's good that they're faith based because sometimes you have to offer up a prayer if you're going to eat at a place like that. That's right. That's absolutely but, right. You know, it. it, it <laughs> I, I. What about what about if you did? Did you guys look into? The buffets, say, out in Vegas. I mean, I know that in Vegas and some of your gaming communities, the buffet was a big thing. Those are still available, aren't they? They are still available. And, uh, you know, according to I was reading an Eater article, uh, Eater magazine article the uh, the other week, uh, some of them come back in a big way. So, like, the, the buffet at Wynn is still doing a, a great job. The uh, the buffet at Circus is still doing a great job. They're still a big part yeah. of the uh, the buffets at those ho- at those hotels. They were also able, just because of how those places are set up to, to reopen with sort of the tightest safety requirements. Um, you know, they were able to, they were able to put a lot of COVID protocols in place and they had, they had more money to burn than your typical franchise operator of uh, an old country buffet or golden corral or, or just a single family that's running a Chinese restaurant. Uh-huh. They, 
pieces they had they were able to do that sort of stuff pieces of america just getting shipped away i will tell you this we're talking with oliver bateman here on uh, am 560 the answer um i i had a chance to do a little uh, pre-holiday travel with my uh, beautiful girl and uh we stopped for fuel at a Stuckey's, and I hadn't seen a Stuckey's in forever, and I said, we've got to stop here, and we've got to p- get a pecan roll. She didn't know the hell, hell I, I was talking about, because she's considerably younger than I am, but I went in there, I found a Stuckey's, and actually had a pecan roll, if you can believe it. I, I guess they're still around, but yeah, world-famous world famous pecan yeah. rolls at Stuckey's. If you see one on the road, I... Um... Stop. Still there. Stop. Yeah. The gas was cheap, and I got a pecan roll, for God's sakes. Uh, where can people find you, Oliver? Uh, they can find me at OliverBateman.com, at Mustache Club US, like you said, on the Twitter. Um, and uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, you know, go to those two things. You'll find where I'm, I'm writing and doing all that stuff. How much iron are you going to move around today? Oh, it's a big day. You know, it's going to be a bench press day. So we'll we'll see. We'll do some we'll do some sets with 315 pounds. I've, uh, got, I've got a kid that is an absolute beast. And uh, he was at the uh, uh, his gym on Christmas Eve. No, it was it was yeah, it was Christmas Eve. And I'm like, buddy, when are you gonna when are you gonna get over here? We have to celebrate Christmas Eve. And he's like, they're kicking me out of the gym because it's five o'clock. They're supposed to be open twenty four seven, three sixty five. He wants to sue them because he didn't get his three hours of workout time in. That's not yeah, no truth in advertising yeah. there on on the twenty four seven. I'm like I'm like these, these that's commitment though. Yeah, these people would like to go home to their family, a little heathen. All right, buddy, it's good to talk to you, man. I appreciate your expertise on the disappearance yep. of another great American tradition. We're just becoming a weak nation. Oliver yep. Bateman, you can uh, find him. Uh, um, you can find him right here. Let me get it up for you. It is uh, at Mustache, just uh, the way you spell Mustache Club uh, U.S. Buddy, good to talk to you again on AM five sixty. Right. Thanks for having me on. Take All right, care. buddy. Good luck lifting it. And he joined us on the Turnkey Pro, Turnkey.pro answer line on WIND AM 560. Ray Ray in for Dan and Amy. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer on AM 560. The Answer. Sing it, Reba. Man, I feel like I'm back in my old country music days, but this is uh, Representative-elect George Santos from New York. He lied, and oh my gosh, the uh, the uh, Democrats are going crazy. Representative Swalwell wants him gone. They don't want him around. They don't want him to take his seat, but he said, hey, I just, I just, just lied about a couple things. One, he, he, he didn't graduate college. He never worked on Wall Street. He said that his grandparents um, escaped persecution in the Holocaust, Holocaust, but they they didn't. And he also says, I didn't say I was Jewish. I said I was Jew-ish, meaning I was a little bit Jewish, not all Jewish. (laughs) He's in a little hot water, and obviously Republicans are fighting back this morning, and people on the right are saying, yeah, where's Nancy Pelosi's husband's attacker? Where's Paul's attacker? That's immediately what will happen. This stuff goes on all the time. You know, you, you lie a little bit, they're going to catch you. I always tell my kid, I'm like, hon, I, go, I, I call my son, honey, I think it drives him crazy because his kid's an absolute beast. He's a mixed martial artist fighter. I was talking with uh, uh, our, our, our earlier guest about uh, lifting weights and stuff like this. Kids spend hours in the gym, and we always end a conversation with, all right, honey, I love you, buddy. And uh, if he was here with me today, he'd be looking across the uh, street over to the Bussy Woods, wondering if those elk are uh, 
available to be taken with a, a Hoyt bow and arrow. Now, now, listen to me when I say this so the authorities don't get alarmed. I said if he was here. You can't you can't hunt in Bussy Woods. I'm I'm quite I'm quite sure and I'm quite honest. But boy, those things are big over there. I'm not saying I wouldn't want to. It's Ray Stevens in for Dan and Amy. You can follow me on the social media as if I haven't been shadow banned again on Twitter, uh, Ramblin' Ray, Instagram, Facebook, Ramblin' Ray, and my uh, website is ramblinrraystevens.com. You can see a lot of cool stuff there. Um, interviews with uh, Tucker Carlson and the uh, like uh, at ramblinrraystevens.com. Still uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of Southwest flights being diverted, being canceled. Um, now pilots are uh, speaking out, saying that uh, it's just an outdated software system. That's what's going on. There's an outdated software system. That's why all these flights are canceled. Many, 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 many more than any other airline. Had a uh, text message saying, uh, "Yeah, we got stuck in Chicago. We just de- we just decided to uh, drive back to to Minnesota. It wasn't worth the wait. That's if you can find a rental car. But to, for some reason, Southwest is just uh, having." So many uh, more delays and cancellations than everybody else, and that's kind of a shame because for the longest time, Southwest was my go-to. Man, before they expanded Midway and before they turned it into the Naperville South, you could fly, you could you could park your car and fly down to Florida or to go to a Tampa Bears game. You could be in and out of there, and then they ruined it. And now those flights are being uh, canceled. Hopefully uh, sometime this week we're going to talk with the former mayoral candidate, Alderman Ray Ray Lopez from the Fighting 15th, who, uh, when he was at Southwest Airlines, it ran. It ran like a watch, but not anymore. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Today at 3, right before Sean Thompson at 4 on AM560, The Answer. Yeah, don't forget, uh, later on today, uh, in for Sean, it's uh, John Anthony. He's a good man from 4 to 7 here on the afternoon answer. Ray Ray here. Today I identify as a Dan and Amy. I can identify as anything I want these days, right? So why not? little money to boot can't go wrong. If you'd like, you can give us a call, 312-642-5600 or text 646 Three, six. Start your text with D-A for Dan and Amy, and away you go. Up next, our guest James Brevard is a member of the USA Today Board of Contributors just talking about uh, how taxpayers are feeling the pain of politicians with all this spending and the absurdity of this omnibus uh, package. $1.7 billion and maybe more. This was a New York Post uh, article. Um, some of the money and some of the spending are just ridiculous, but it does. It does give us some, some fun. Stuff like the uh, Michelle Obama trail, which you know we need. Um, we need some of this. Uh, what? Let me see here. Let me let me get this right. Um, well, that's three point six million for the Michelle Obama trail, and then it's two hundred billion budgeted for the Gender Equality, Equality and Equity Action Fund. Everything that we need to keep this nation running smoothly. Smoothly. Without uh, further ado, James. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Answer. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. Let's talk about this bill and get into it a little bit. I thought maybe this cold weather would stall the omnibus, but to no avail. Well, it's it's hard to stall congressmen desperate to buy votes and and to pay and to force taxpayers to pay for monuments with congressmen's name. You know, this only works until some of these monuments then get tore down. Then what? 
I think it might be a long wait in San Francisco for the uh, for the Speaker Nancy Pelosi Federal Building. It, you know, it's a heck of a thing. The the, the members of Congress are so arrogant that uh, that what they do is take our tax dollars and build monuments to their own generosity and then put their name on it. And it's like, have they no shame? To themselves. You know, uh, and, and I, I also read into this, of course, I didn't read the whole thing because it is very, very long. But am I right also to, uh, to understand that the um, head of the IRS now has a personal chauffeur 24-7, 364? Well, I... Um that is correct. It, it was uh, there was a specific provision in the bill which said that the uh, that, that the Commissioner of Internal Revenue uh, is authorized to have a sh- chauffeur, but there is no relief for taxpayers who get run over by IRS agents trying to make their quota for seizing people's paychecks and bank accounts. James, you're uh, much uh, more astute at this than I am. We're talking with James Vard. Maybe you can tell me what the earmark of two million dollars is. And and when you're talking about two million dollars in a in a uh, a bill this big is just chump change, let's face it. But what's the uh, $2 million for the office of uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams for improving coordination between social agencies to support children and families? What 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 exactly is that? Well, it's important to keep in mind that some of the local bureaucrats in New York City have a lot of trouble with email. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe this $2 million can teach them how to send email from one agency to the other. Uh, maybe I can get them to work for my mom. She has a hard time working her phone. Maybe that, you know, it, it just, it really is unbelievable. And it, let's face it, even if you look back to the tr- the, the Trump administration, I'm, and I'm a fan, um, the spending was ridiculous. How do they pass this with a straight face and shove it down the throats of Americans? And how do we accept it? Well, um it's even worse as far as passing with a straight face because they pass it without even bothering to read it and they don't really know what's in it. And um, I am, I'm sure in the next few weeks that we're going to be learning that there was this provision in the bill and that provision. And Oh my God, if Congress had only known, but they're utterly reckless. And, and these are people who have contempt for the American people that there were a, a, a number of members of Congress who spoke up and protested against it. They got rolled uh biden is doing his latest victory lap on this and but uh as far as how it happens this this is how this system is programmed to work i mean this this is not a defect this is a um a system feature and it is it's been going on like this with these huge budget bills at the end of the year that nobody uh reads before they vote for it's been going on for uh on a regular basis <clears throat> for 10 years and sporadically for 30 years. So, but, you know, bottom bottom line is people don't have enough contempt for Congress because this is absolutely contemptuous. You know, now when I say, I wake up and I read this and I say, son of a Mitch, M-I-T-C-H, I mean, Mitch just rolled on this thing too. How, how I mean, give it some kind of a fight. I mean, this looks really bad for the Republicans as well. Um, yes. I mean, most of the members in the House did not support the bill. Some uh, like Chip Roy had very eloquent statements against it, but you, you got you got Mitch McConnell. <clears throat> Basically, it would have been possible for the GOP to stop this bill if they had um, if, if if most of the GOP senators had held together and and filibustered. Jim uh, Jim Bavard is our guest here. Jim, I guess I, I got to ask as I look through some of the uh, soliloquy of this bill. Um, what in the world is the COVID-19 American History Project? Can you can you clear that up for me? 
What is oh, that? there's so many boondoggles in this bill, and I, I was I was racing on deadline, reading through this four thousand pages, and uh, this is something something which popped up, and I'm thinking like, again, have they no shame? So this is uh, Congress is spending one point five million for a COVID nineteen American history project, and I was trying to figure out what they do, and I and I'm and I'm guessing that they'll have rows of uh, Fauci bobbleheads. <laughs> So, but, but but the thing that they won't have is, is is the internal details of how the CDC, FDA, National Institute for Health, browbeat Twitter and other places to censor any critics of federal COVID policy, to censor any critics of the vaccine mandates. This this is the history which we need to know as American citizens, and this is the last history that Congress will get for us. I never thought we'd be talking about Twitter as if it, uh, it, it acted as a third, third arm of uh, the FBI. It really is ri- ridiculous. But, you know, maybe, maybe James, maybe what we could do is we could take the, the history of COVID, because sometimes we don't teach history that much in schools anymore, but we could take history, package that into some kind of a family-friendly drag show, and knock out two birds with one stone. Hey, that's a, uh, that's a better idea than anything I saw in that 4,000-page bill. Oh, man, we are. I think Merle Haggard said it best when he said we're rolling downhill like a snowball headed to hell. That's a great line. He uh, was he had a lot of great lines. He did. He did. Uh, but uh, you, you've got you've got the Nancy Pelosi Fellowship Program. You've got a building being named after her. You've got the Michelle Obama Trail. You know, really, shouldn't that be here in, in, in Chicago? I, or we're getting the we're getting the Obama uh, um, Adoration Center uh, here. So I guess we don't need the trail that leads up to it as well. Wow. Adoration Center is a nice term. It, it was interesting uh, back this summer when when the F, when when the FBI raided Trump's home in uh, Mar-a-Lago to see some of the controversies about what happened to the Biden uh, administration's presidential papers, which were, I guess, stuffed into a warehouse someplace there in the South Side for uh, several years, and we still haven't seen them yet. Well, we need to go raid that place so we know what he's taken. Ha! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's an idea. I think. Um, make sure you have some extra thick Kevlar. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, the, the bill also grants Food and Drug Administration agents sweeping new power over cosmetics. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, Congress likes to uh, pass out new power without any thought in these kind of 4,000-page bills because people don't read them. People just let them slip through, and then months or years later, oh, we didn't know there was a law for this. But it's a heck of a thing to give all this new power to the FDA after the FDA helped cause a horrendous shortage of infant formula, as well as, as um, and, and even worse, the FDA rubber-stamped the boosters for COVID with, uh, based on tests on eight mice instead of human beings. You know, it, and it's, it's amazing to me. If you've watched any amount of TV over the holiday period or listened to any amount of terrestrial radio, the amount of money being spent to push these vaccines, where they get this money, well, they get it. Well, now we know we get it from a, a $1.7 trillion spending uh, a deal. But the amount of money spent to tell Americans how to live their lives on behalf of big government is absolutely ridiculous, and, and it is stupid. Well, it, it's it, it's stupid, and, and it's a threat. Well, it, it's a violation of people's rights and liberties, and it's a threat to their health because there were almost no – uh, human health tests for these uh, for the last round of boosters for these COVID vaccines, and there is a lot. Uh, 
there is uh, growing evidence of problems from the uh, long series of uh, COVID injections people have gotten. You know, and, it's, and, and it is really ridiculous how, you know, the tail wags a dog because it's it's my body, my choice. I, I was working at a radio station that, that, you know, much like I'm here filling in, this place doesn't ask me for my vaccine status. It's It really is ridiculous, the overreach that we've been through in the last two years that's come out of this whole COVID thing. Did you ever think in your life you'd see something like this? Uh, I didn't think it would get this bad. I mean, I was, uh, you know, um, at first it made me flash back to 9-11, the period after 9-11 where, where so many people in Washington were so servile to the government and uh, put the uh, president and all the federal agencies on a pedestal. Right. But But things got worse with COVID because – um, with the vaccine mandate, with the arguments used, and with the secrecy. I mean, there have been so many federal cover-ups to hide the evidence of how the policies were made, how the strings were pulled, and the um, there is so little interest in the vaccine injury cases that have been reported. It's almost like it's a sin to talk about those. Reading uh, uh, your article in the New York Post, of course, you're a contributor as well to the USA Today. James, this is a far-reaching question. You don't have to ask answer this if you don't want. James Bavard is here. But do, do you think any of this, and I know this is what the conspiracy theorists believe, uh, do you think any of this was a test to see how we would act under such government control as to maybe a, a, a gateway to socialism? Uh, gateway hell. It's like, uh, it's a milepost. I mean, with all the stuff the government's done in recent decades, going back to the 1930s, I mean, we're, you know, we're long away from the road to socialism. I don't know if it was a test. I, my gut sense is that it was not, it was just like a, a, a series of federal power grabs that turned into an avalanche. Uh, but I might be wrong. So it was really unbelievable. I have a house in northern Wisconsin, many, many miles away from where we broadcast this morning. And, and if you went up there and you didn't have your phone in your pocket and you didn't turn on the news, it was like life just went along as normal. There were no fights at the grocery stores. Nobody was asking you what your vac situation was. And I think that's why there was such an exodus out of Illinois this year. We lost another 104,000 people. It's just continuing to, to just uh, you know suck people away to other states. I think people get tired of uh, these blue state ridiculous policies. But, hey, man, uh, I'm stuck here for the short term, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Buddy, I appreciate your expertise on this bill this morning. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. It was a fun way to start the post-Christmas week. All right, brother, be well. That is James Bavard. You can find him at Jim, B-O-V-A-R-D. And Jim, join us on the turnkey.pro answer line here on WIND. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one, Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Stop rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell. Oh, sing it, sing it, Merle. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell. See, now, we'd be a better country if we did that. There's nothing I can do. In the next five minutes, that is going to be more important than what you just heard from Mighty Merle. Stand up for the anthem. Don't even get me going on that, uh, Brittany Griner. Glad to see that dude's home. I don't know what the hell I'm eating here, but let me just, uh, as a public service to you, the uh, AM560 answer uh, listener, if, if, if anybody ever gives you a thing called That's It, um, and it looks like a, a little breakfast bar, let me just tell you right now, throw it in the garbage. Don't even send it to the starving kids because it's not even worth them eating it. My girl put this. Now, she's been 
I've been sick, man. I got sick Christmas Day, and I was down for the count yesterday. And I don't know what she's done to me, but this elixir she's given to me has worked. But she's given me this That's It bar, and I'm here to tell you this is crap. If you ever see one of these things, don't eat it. Stay away from it. Certainly don't buy it. It's a fruit bar, non-GMO, no sugar added, 100 calories per bar, and that's 100 too many because this is the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. And I can say that because I know she's not listening. She's angry doing something else. Um, I have to be careful how I talk about this next story because I don't want the from the FBI on my door, but I have a, I have a some, I have something for that uh, governor of uh, South Dakota, Christy Nome. Oh my goodness! Not only is she a cowgirl, not only is she see things from my side of the island, is she absolutely fantastic, but she was gifted for Christmas a flamethrower. And if you uh, go to your Google box uh, or your uh, your internet there and you look, you can see uh, Governor Christy Nome dressed up in car hearts with her family, and they've got this flamethrower, and they're burning all their, their Christmas boxes and, and all of their, their stuff, not giving a hoot about the carbon emission that they're putting into the air. See, because they probably drive an electric car, so it makes up for it. I kid, tongue-in-cheek, there's no way. Governor Nome is driving around in a car that's electric. She's in an F-350 Ford Super Duty Dually Diesel. I can almost promise you that. But that is uh, one of the things we are, uh, well, I don't know if you're watching it, but I'm watching it. It's absolutely fantastic. Check it out. I love Governor Christy Nome. Why can't we have her here in Illinois? We're stuck with Governor Pritzker, you know, who wears. Every time that guy wears his Carhartt, I swear there's four guys that are going without to make that one Carhartt, and it's not right. And it's never been worn. Don't wear a Carhartt unless you're going to use it. If you're in Bellwood this morning, there is still a, a boil order in place. Uh, they've got a lot of water main breaks around the town. A water service is restored, but they're still asking you that if you're there, make sure that you uh, take the water, you put it on the, uh, the, uh, the, the stove there, and you boil it up before you use it. Uh, rolling blackouts are still hitting the uh, Mid-South, um, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, some parts of Indiana, uh, into Pennsylvania, rolling blackouts because we just don't have enough power in our green burning country that we live in now to take care of people after a, what I think, I understand that it got cold, but man, it's only been four or five days and we've been much colder than this around here. I think the record temperatures for January and February's in, in uh, Illinois can get down into the minus 20, 25 degree range. Remember when we had the polar vortex? It was much colder than it was recently, but yet we don't have the power for you to run your furnace and have your house at 72 degrees. Power companies are saying, nope, tap it down a little bit. Keep it around 68 if you can. If you can, bring it down to 62, and we'll shut it off when we deem necessary. That seems problematic to me and what's supposed to be the greatest nation in the world. But with that said, President Biden getting ready to uh, vacation in St. Croix. Hopefully he's taking uh, Hunter with him because that guy seems like a hoot. That guy seems like a lot of fun. Hey, hey, what's on that laptop over there, son? What are you doing? What are you doing with that mirror? Oh, this is this is going to be one heck of a fun trip. So he'll be in the St. Croix. You turn your heat down and just follow along, okay? There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank.
Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.